Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Today, we're going to be having a grand old time, and you know exactly why if you read the title. We're going to be reacting to yet another Jubilee Middle Ground, and this one is white feminists versus person of color anti-feminists. And fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, I was supposed to be on this episode. I was going through the whole process to be on it, to be on the POC anti-feminist side, although we'll get into the issues that I have with, with said labels, but I ended up being in Australia in Sydney when this was filmed, so I wasn't able to participate. But we're going to watch it today, and we'll see if I regret that. <laughs> regret not being there, or if it was actually a win to not have to be on this episode of Jubilee. Before we get into that, of course, we have Taylor in Nashville. I regret you not being on this episode, but alas. And <laughs> I also regret being a white male uh, having to be a part of this conversation, but also alas. Yeah, he'll be here to give his uh, his mail take on some of the content that we get into and the subject matter that we discuss during this Jubilee episode. Without further ado, I have a feeling this is going to get a little tense. Let's get into it. I don't think the trans argument is productive, especially as you who works with victims. You know victims can Here's be victims anywhere. So when saying I'm it's a trans bathroom issue is so ignorant. We have Front fallen row. as a society that we are sitting idly by and letting young girls feel completely unsafe in these environments that used to be safe. Hi, I'm Gen and explore social and controversial issues through both sides. Today's Middle Ground episode will be white feminists versus WOC anti-feminists. Today we'll be talking about the purpose and agenda of the feminist movement, how it's evolved, and what it has or hasn't done to represent all women. Okay. First prompt is, the feminist movement is racist. Ooh, that's a tough one. Okay, the feminist movement is racist. I'm going to have to, you know twist this whole thing around, I have a feeling left-leaning people will say, yes, the feminine movement, feminist movement is racist because it's to the exclusion of women of color. And, you know, at the beginning of feminism, there was a lot of white feminists sort of leading the charge when it came to all the different movements and asks that were involved in first wave feminism. I have a feeling that's what they'll say. Uh, on my end of things, I would say, that feminism as it stands today is actually pretty actively racist towards white people. And I think we're gonna get into some of that rhetoric today. They don't view the the uh, struggles of white people to be valid or comparable to the struggles of people of color. They view white people to be largely responsible for the issues and all of the struggles that women, I guess, are perceived to be going through today. And in that sense, I'd say, I guess the feminist movement is somewhat racist towards white people. So I guess I'm walking forward, if that makes sense. Am I, am I alone in just thinking like this is a very strange first question to be, you're opening the topic of feminism, fe feminism which mm -hmm. is ostensibly about the welfare of women, women's rights, etc. And we're immediately going over to race. It's like just yeah. on a very, you know, 
ignorant, just surface level uh, analysis of the question. It just seems like a, sir, this is a Wendy's type moment. Like, why are we talking about race right out the gate when it comes to talking about women's issues? You would think, but with freaking woke ideology, you have to have the intersectionality of the issue. So I guess if we're going to be the wokest we can possibly be, the best thing that we can do is inject race into the conversation before we move forward in any other direction. That's typically how it goes. And let's see who we have to back this up. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to walk forward, but for different reasons. Intersectionality is like one of the big words. Boom. Words <laughs> of like fourth wave feminism. As I'm sure all of us would say, we're intersectional feminists. We want inclusivity. We want to hear your voices. We want more women of color in the feminist movement because we believe it's it will be beneficial for all of us. It still has so many issues. When you're a white woman, and the only oppression or prejudice you've ever faced in your life is just being a woman, it's very easy to uh, latch onto that identity and only want to fight for that. I see a lot of queer people do this as well, trying to... Create a minority out of yourself. Create a minority so. out of yourself, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> to make it as an excuse for why you should have a louder voice or why your opinions matter more. Okay. I'm already hearing a lot of like white ally language, which is typical. This is what we would expect uh, specifically from white female leftists, I would say. Uh, that makes sense. That's their worldview. They, they view that if you are a white person, the only real struggle that you can go through is if you happen to be a woman or if you happen to have a, a sexuality that falls outside of the norm or some sort of gender identity that falls outside of the norm. And that's by no means true. I think it's honestly a little bit demeaning to hear that. And I'm sure many of you probably feel the same, especially if you're a white person who's gone through other struggles in your life that has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with sexuality. To be invalidated purely on the basis of your whiteness, I think is, a, is an injustice. And it's unfortunate that she's on it. She's doing it to herself as she is another white person. And I think we're going to see obviously a lot of that because this is specifically a group of white feminists. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Age of social media too. It's, I think it's a blessing and a curse. Social media can sometimes be a downfall because that's really where we get a lot of misinformation and why the movement is so broad. You know, the pendulum swings yeah. too it far one way, too far another. It might be a downfall for white women, but for us, social media is probably one of the only channels that we're able to voice mm -hmm. our struggles yes. and our opinions yeah. and what's actually going on. The um, topics that you guys are trying to fight for, equality in the workplace and whatnot. Like, I'm not trying to be equal to men. I'm trying to have, like, women be, like, have the right to live, have the right to be women, you know, and being able to be safe and be okay. I see two things, right, with, with the movement. There is the savior complex yes. of always mm -hmm. wanting to, to save, mm -hmm. and then there's the victimhood complex to all of this, right? And so then that's, again, that's the pendulum swinging. Some people on our side will say there's this, you know, um, Olympics of trying to outdo each other in the victimhood category. And I think that's what's perpetuating the problem and it's keeping people from wanting to be like, I'm not that, I'm not a feminist. Is, is there like a similar movement in Cambodia? And if there is, does it look completely different than what it looks like here? I, I work in the space of trafficking. I've been fighting child sex trafficking for 15 years, but it's a global problem and it's a, it's a horrible problem here too. But that's how I got into the issue was specifically young girls in Cambodia being sold in brothels. Yeah. Um, and so there is, there is a lot of movement to fight for just basic human rights yeah. Yeah. in mm -hmm. Cambodia. I really relate to that in a way because 
um, when I was younger and I was identifying as an anti-feminist, I come from like a really small town in Minnesota. I was like looking around and it was pretty much just all white people and I was like, I, I, life's unequal. Like, there's genital muta mutilation happening across seas. And I looked at feminism and I didn't see them fighting for that. So at like 13, 12, I was like, no, anti-feminist. And I've changed my opinion on that because I know that in our communities, there is so much that we can do to benefit women. And I, I can't go overseas and do those things. It sounds like you are doing those things. I'm not exactly getting her point there. I understand what she's saying, that maybe from her perspective, she didn't see feminists doing a lot, so she identified as an anti-feminist, but now she's realizing things that she can do on in her own you know, hometown, in her own soil, that, that uh, can move towards, uh, I guess, the movements of women and doing better for women. I'd love to hear her sort of explain and elaborate on exactly what that is, because that tends to be a really tough part of the conversation is what exactly are you fighting for? What other progress needs to be made? And we can understand that there's you know plenty of need for uh, maybe feminist movements in countries outside of the United States. I'm wondering what's going on here that uh, needs progress or, or needs people to protest on behalf of and all these different uh, different things. And I'm curious whether or not she's going to get into that or not. I think the main struggle we're going to have throughout this whole episode is what does feminism actually mean <laughs> and what different movements fall under the umbrella of feminism. And that's where I think all these sides are going to clash, which is why I have a very distinct problem with labels these days, because it's so hard to identify what you're saying when you say, I'm a feminist. I could raise my hand and say, I'm a feminist. I believe men and women should enjoy equal opportunity, but they are not the same and they are very different. There are physiological differences and biological differences and all these different things that need to be discussed and acknowledged. And another woman could say, I'm a feminist and I think there's no difference between men and women and that men can identify as women and women can identify as men and I'm not fighting for equality, I'm fighting for equity. So. The, these umbrella terms that we use are going to come to be problems, and I think we're going to see that really pivotally in this in this discussion itself. Thanks. I don't think feminists or feminism is really racist in a sense that they're emotionally ignorant to the consequences of their actions in the name of mm -hmm. fighting for equality. Mm -hmm. There's obviously racist people, and there's some feminists that may be racist, <laughs> mm -hmm. like most people in the world. Mm -hmm. However, as a whole, I don't think that feminists can be racist when one of their biggest global talks is, I, I know we were talking about the Middle East, but on one feminist, they literally talk about African women's lives. And there's a lot of Middle East mm -hmm. that they do talk about. And I think if it was that racist, they wouldn't highlight that, you know? Right. Even I agree with the first prompt, it does benefit white women. I don't think that the movie, because literally on paper, you guys are focused on helping other races. It's not just, oh yeah, white women. And I think it's more selfish because focusing on one issues over the other, and sometimes it is focused on victimhood. So that's what I would say more so about feminism rather than it's racist. I, think, I mean, it's, it's a difficult question. How do you identify a movement as racist or not racist or anti-racist, whatever phrase you want to use, when so many different people make up said movement with so many different opinions? You're going to have racist feminists. You're going to have ones that aren't racist. You're going to have ones who are anti-racist. All these different terms can now be lumped together under feminism. So I don't know how one could reasonably answer this question. I don't know if it's the best prompt. I, think so, I can agree with that now. Mm -hmm. um, like changing my mind, like 
I thought there's a group, large group of people who are not being focused on, large group of women that feminism is not focusing on, but it makes sense to now, let's not blame the movement, let's, we have to blame the people. For example, using women like who wear the hijab and like the whole yeah. thing that happened in Iran, like in order for women to be free, they have to be able to remove their clothes or whatnot. So you guys are not really fighting for no. women no, to wear what they want to wear, you know, like, and they put the blame on me that you're being oppressed. Like I'm always, okay. I'm oppressed. Like that's just, that's just what I'm categorized as because I started wearing the hijab two and a half years ago and I was the first woman in my family. I don't come from a hijab wearing a family. And because of the fact that Western society has flipped it so much to make Muslims feel uncomfortable to do so. But then I realized that, you know, I don't need to fear anyone but God and, you know, ultimately I'll be protected and I want to identify myself as a Muslim woman because I'm proud to be so and I don't have to be ashamed in that. And I want to be able to represent Islam and represent Muslim women in public. We don't say the same thing to nuns who do that the concept yeah. of a religious head covering yeah. exists in just about every religion. In every even religion. In, Jew, uh, in Judaism, because I'm, I'm Jewish myself, yeah. um, Orthodox women, they're supposed to cover their heads all the time. Yeah. They wear wigs, they, they wear shawls. I really want... This is why it comes down to the individual and not the collective. You cannot make a rule on behalf of an entire group or community of people because you're going to find people who disagree or agree with that rule. What's happening in Iran is, is led by uh, women who identify as Muslim who are saying, I don't want to wear the hijab. And then you have a woman like her who says, I am Muslim and I do want to wear the hijab and I don't want to be judged for doing so. And this is why it must be on an individual basis. You can't blame blanket uh, define people as being oppressed or being victims to some larger system because you're going to find people within those, that system who do not view themselves to be oppressed or victimized and you're going to find others who do. I wanted to listen a lot this episode because there obviously is a reason why there are women of color that are on the opposite side of feminism. I do agree the movement is not by the, the root of it not racist. It's meant to, to encompass all women. As a white woman who is not oppressed in most any sense of the word, in my own belief, I think that women that have more issues, you know, deserve the platform to speak for it more. Would you admit your deepest secret to a room of strangers? Okay. <laughs> Click on the link in the description below to join the circle of secrets. Now back to the episode. You can support women and not identify with the feminist movement. You can support women and not identify with the feminist movement. These prompts are very interesting. Of course you can support women and not identify with the feminist movement. Again, I don't like this blanket term of like, I support women. What does that mean? I don't support all women. There's plenty of like horrible women out there that I by no means want to support in any way, shape or form. I'll support women who need supporting and deserve supporting, that I can say. And you can certainly do that without identifying with whatever iteration of the feminist movement we are experiencing right now, which I have a lot of problems with. You, like, you don't need to be a feminist to support women, you just have to be human. Sure. You have to be human to support women, you know, you come from a woman. In most cases, you marry a woman, you know, you give birth to women, so we're so valuable. Yeah, and I think because a pendulum has swung so far over, the more we have these conversations about not boxing everybody into these categories and these labels and, you know, this color and that color. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm married to a black man and my, my kids are mixed, but I don't, I never see my husband as a, as a black husband. He's just my husband. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, there, you just have to be human. And I think if you operate in a place where you just want to uplift people, 
in general, we would be a better society right. instead of trying to box everybody into a category. I feel like mm -hmm. just to label myself feminist, it's just, it's more of a political term. I can support women. Like, I, I just have so much love for everybody here. I don't care what color, all the women I support and I want to see every woman win. And in whatever way I can do that, I try to do that. I don't have to say that I'm a label to make that so or make that true. I also think that people who sometimes adopt the label of feminist don't do the work. Like, they don't do the work, they don't do the history, they don't listen to other people. Like, I think a lot of white women in particular will adopt the label of feminist and just spend their time with other white women who but are feminists. But what should you be spending your time to do? Fantastic question. I was just immediately about to ask that. What does it mean to do the work on behalf of an ideology or a belief that you tend to hold as a person? I could identify as a feminist, and I show that in, you know taking what I believe my place is to be as a woman, supporting my, my future daughter, my, my sister, my mother, my grandmother, and that would still be characterized as feminism. What does it mean to not do the work? Must you look into like the extended history of every single belief it is that you hold currently and be at the forefront of protests or movements or charity work on behalf of that label? I don't think so. And we kind of create this tier system, and both left and right do this, uh, where you take on a label and they're, well, you, you're not actually like us because you're not out there doing the actual work that needs to be done. What does that mean? All that the label means is that this is a, this is a belief that I hold in regard to the world and my worldview and how I believe people should or should not be treated. That's it. It does not mean that you've subscribed yourself to doing some amount of work or working on behalf of a charity or uh, you know, marching on behalf of, movement, of a movement. It just means I do or do not identify myself with the feminist movement. It's really that simple. You should listen to <laughs> other voices that don't agree with you. Yeah. Let, your, let your opinions be challenged. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm on this side, I tried to be a feminist really hard. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? Who doesn't want to fight for, you can't, I mean, like I said, even though we're all anti-feminists, who doesn't want equal rights for women? We're women. I can disagree with certain parts of your movement mm -hmm. and think also, I still want to be a part of it, but mm -hmm. there's certain women that say, no, you can't be a part of this because mm -hmm. you don't agree with this part. Mm -hmm and you are not for us. And I honestly believe there's a disconnect from what the first wave, what the history was, what the agenda is, mm -hmm. what the 200 organizations there are, mm -hmm. and then what the base, and then the media. So there's like six yeah, different strings. Right. It's a distraction, I think. Yeah, it's like six different strings, yeah. and it's confusing. So then my question is, you know, if we're talking about the feminist movement, and is there really a need for it in this day and age where we were just saying, you know, when you're a woman in America, what, what freedoms don't we have? Freedoms you know, over our bodies. Um, and see, and that's where the exclusionary starts to happen, right? Yeah. You can't be a feminist if you're pro-life. Very big. Right? Very and so that's why there's so many women that I know in my circles who absolutely will not identify as a yeah, feminist. And not even, no, even and, pro-life. And we're pro-women. If you are... It's so interesting to watch this dynamic because there is... Subtly, I know you. some of you can probably notice this, from the position of being a white ally, you do sort of have to defer to whatever the other side is saying, because according to your own ideology, they should be listened to over your opinion because they are women of color. So you're going to hear them sort of go, mm-hmm, okay, yep, I, I see your perspective. I feel like you should be listened to. I feel like maybe I need to be quiet and, and maybe I should hear you out, even though you know deep down there's like a fire burning in them that is saying, 
saying, I do not agree with a single word you're saying, but because they believe that women of color are to be listened to over white women, they sort of have to play, play it very, very safe here, when in reality, we're all very much equal human beings. Our sentiments and our beliefs and our thoughts uh, should all be listened to and grappled with, and, and they can't have that be the reality because of what they believe. You're not doing something about it, you're not helping women. If you are not being pro-women, I think it's just too passive. And I do think if you believe that men and women should have equal rights, then this movement is for you. But I do apologize that it doesn't so seem like question. it's for you. So mm -hmm. what are you doing as a feminist that we as like, you know, pro-women, not feminists aren't doing? Getting organizations like, you know, Girls on the Run, like volunteering as coaches, like being a part of our community. But who says we don't do that just because we're not feminist? 100%, those are like pro-feminist movements. So I would okay. assume that being a part of those movements would mean that you are a feminist. But what does that do? So okay, when I when I say when I say what does that do? I don't mean of course it's good. Sure. It's great. Volunteers gonna help women and put them in great I'm spaces. I'm a part of that. I do For sure. that. Yeah, that's awesome. what I'm saying like oh, super cool. So not. I'm saying what does that do? That's differently than someone who's also in the community. I'm not going against everything. Believe one opinion sure. that is very big on your list that I can't check off just for my morals and my religion or anything mm -hmm. I've got going on. I can't mm -hmm. be a part of that. So, so then I guess you're not a feminist if you don't believe that we should have access to our bodies. That's just where we disagree. And so, and, and that's, I mean, what if I say, okay, we can have access to our bodies, have an abortion, but how about we, we can think about and talk about moderating? That's yeah, I think that's, want. there's no middle, like, we're here, but yeah, there's the sometimes feminist no middle movement ground. has really, especially, pause. Uh, the energy that I'm getting from Grace is a very distinct one, and it is white savior, white ally, but somehow I am also still better than you, and I cannot say that out loud. I, I'm, I'm, I can infer, you can infer from the language that I'm using that I am better than you and that I'm doing more work than you, uh, but I'm not allowed to say that out loud given my position as the, the white ally and the white savior. Now, she might not view herself as taking on that position, but her words make it so, so very clear. She's saying that you cannot passively be a feminist. You must do more, which implies that I am an active feminist and I am doing the work on behalf of women that is really ushering us forward into progress. And it's so unfortunate that you don't feel comfortable in this movement and that you're also not doing the work. <laughs> and since you're not doing the work, you don't get to be a part of the thing that I've you know, deemed to be feminism. Very clear, and she's trying to play it off a little nicer than it actually is, what she's actually saying, uh, but just needed to point that out. Taylor, you're just shaking your head. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm getting the classic, like, let me explain to you how oppressed you are, that I've yep. seen you respond to, the Candace Owens of the world respond to many a time but you still get that posture of somehow they're morally superior because they are yeah. because they have done the work quote mm -hmm. unquote, and uh, are ha checking all the boxes of the correct uh, positions on these issues and uh, you are not therefore you get talked down to even though you are in the oppressed category it's just the the cognitive dissonance is overwhelming. Yeah, and it's what you know. They'll, they'll lean on you should have you should have looked into the history of feminism, and that's how you do the work. That's how you really understand it. If you look into the history of feminism, you're going to find a lot of different variations uh, and different types of women with very different ideologies who are working on behalf of the feminist movement. And the example that they're using here, this pro-life example, look into your history of feminism and how many of those women were pro-life, uh, and they they worked to get your your right to vote. 
vote, your right to be in the workforce. And are those no longer feminists? Are you now going to look back and they are now excluded from the movement that brought you to where you are today, where you're sitting having this discussion about what feminism actually is? It's something to think about. You know, if you want to talk about an issue that is very divisive is the pro-life and the pro-choice movement. Um, and within the feminist movement, it's strictly on one side. I'm of the belief system, if you're really pro-woman, you will support that woman no matter what her choice is. If her choice is to keep a child and she's 15, then we provide the resources and, and, and the community to support that. See, you know? that's what we want, and that comes down to the media. I don't see it. I Absolutely, see it and I don't blame you. Side. And you're asking, what are we doing? And mm -hmm. I don't think any of our list is that big. Yeah. I don't. I don't yes. know any feminists who are, like, leading the frickin' parade. And th mm -hmm. that should be more the case. And, and you're right. It's leading very Leading the parade is not necessarily all that there is with feminism and, like, doing the work. Like, I work as a, as a rape crisis counselor. Mm -hmm. I, I work with rape victims every day. I've had to um, get people access to abortions when they've needed it for dire situations. But I've never led a parade. <laughs> do you guys think, like, do both sides agree that there has been progress between men and women in equal rights? Like, over we better. You better. Some sectors. Yeah. Yeah. Some sectors. Okay. Yeah. Some sectors. Yeah. 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 What's the success measurement, right? I mean, that's what I look at. People are more depressed. More, more social anxiety. There's a happiness barometer, right, that they that they study and everything. It hasn't yield the results that that we think it should. I just add on to her point. I just wanted to say, like, exactly what she was saying. I don't think um, a movement should continue if it's now creating a war. Mm -hmm. it's, now a it's like literally like men online now we're red pill. It's going against feminists. Male feminists is like on a toxic end, and it's just like it's just two toxic groups, and it's like we're hating each other rather than seeing okay, where can we meet each other in the middle? Where do we benefit each other? Because we need each other. Men need women. Women need men. I don't think it's fair to blame feminism for red pills, because red pills were always there back when it was normalized. Men have had societal power over women for, for years. Okay, it's a pendulum swing. I mean, all of this, right. it's all reactionary to one thing or the other. So uh, it's like uh, every force has an equal and opposite reaction. That's exactly what we're going to experience with what's going on. I'm glad that most of them said that we have made significant progress when it comes to the relationship between men and women, although we could make an argument that we are regressing currently, but that's neither here nor there. We've made a significant amount of progress. Look at these women. I think almost all eight of them are sitting there wearing pants. They have a bank accounts. They most likely have jobs. They have the capability to vote in this country so long as they are U.S. citizens. They have the capability to choose whatever direction they want to go for their lives as far as uh, entering the workforce or becoming a mother. They can be on their own their entire life and support themselves. They can speak out politically. They can run for political office. There's a million things. The list goes on and on of the progress we've made as a country when it comes to the difference in the treatment uh, between men and women. And to deny that would just be, that would just be wrong. <laughs> it would just be wrong. Yeah, and to your point about the pendulum, I mean, you get into trouble and you foster division, you foster this gender war that this lady referenced whenever you go too far and you're not focusing on the universal principle of equality of the sexes uh, or treating men and women in, in a the same way, even though that they're they're different, uh, you get into trouble whenever you say, well, you've had the power for so long. So now it's our turn to have the power and it's your turn to be oppressed. And, it, it, you know, 
like people like MLK had so much success because they put forward a vision of a the shared value of equality and saying, you know, we're all equal under God and we should be judged on our character, et cetera, which sounds so tired to invoke now, but it's, it's true. And it, when you, when you create an environment where you are reacting to the evils of this other group, and now I'm going to, uh, for me, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. You, you put on the ring instead of saying, I'm going to throw it into the fire. I'm going to take the, the cultural power and impose it on the other group. Now, you're just going to foster resentment from that group. So people like the Andrew Tates of the world, the Red Pill movement, was distinctly a reaction to hyperfeminism. Now, feminism was a reaction to being under the quote-unquote patriarchy and having mm-hmm. uh, an unlevel playing field in the first place. That was wrong, but it's also wrong to not treat men equally and to oppress them now. And we just can never seem to land on the healthy middle and focus on universal values. It's always about this power struggle and oppressing the group that used to be in power, etc. And as long as we keep doing that, it's just going to be a merry-go-round of divisiveness. 100%. And it's just going to keep going. You just watch. And where one they get rid of one creator or one person saying this, another one will pop up in its place and it will be 10 times worse. Now, we did get a $100 super chat. Uh, we read everything above 50 immediately. Herb Disoriented said, I would like to bring an issue to your attention. There is a streamer named Kaczynski, aka, or goes by, Vosh, who, or Vosh, I don't know how to say his name. He recently exposed a personal file of child P on his live stream. Nothing has been done and his X clips are disturbing. His videos are still being posted. Help. What I will say is I know nothing about uh, that story. So I don't feel comfortable commenting on the uh, personal possible crimes of uh, another individual. But uh, I mean, I encourage you all to look into that, especially if that's somebody that you consider yourself to be a fan of or you're watching do your due diligence uh investigate but i will not comment on possible crimes that i know nothing about <laughs> with that being said we're gonna get back into this middle ground way that it's going now i've never heard this type of rhetoric with men and hating women until like i've seen it's oh, really I've, going back and forth now men and women this women that i'm like what's wrong with you guys what's like you know what's wrong with women um, and it's just like it's like a counter not to say that they're okay for doing yeah. it but i'm just saying it is a pendulum swing a counter of what they're hearing men suck men suck now they have to say women suck white women benefit the most from the feminist movement hmm White women benefit most from the feminist movement. Pause. Okay. Uh, I think if you're looking at like maybe first, first wave feminism, which was largely led by white women, and you could argue to the exclusion of women of color, or at least to the non-acknowledgement of women of color, then yeah, that would have been mostly beneficial to white women. But that was just the way that society was set up at the time. You're dealing uh, with segregation, uh, segregation, legislated racism, a ton of things at that time that would have given way to white women benefiting more from feminism. Uh, with the current day, where we're at right now in 2024, don't think that's the case whatsoever. If anything, feminism is moving in this new direction of excluding or silencing white women. And you have, you know, new realms of uh, affirmative action and uh, job hiring and diversity quotas and all these different things. With intersectionality, you get to lump into feminism. So I, I don't know that white women are the ones benefiting most in 2024 from something like feminism. There's definitely a problem with white feminism and how it has completely left behind 
women of color within the feminist movement. Women of color started the feminist movement, white women took it over, and then excluded women of color from it. White saviorism is a huge problem that happens, just not in the U.S., but you know, all over the world. And uh, with that comes the exclusion of everyone else. They look at themselves and say, oh, I am, you know, I am oppressed, but uh, are failing to look at all of the intersectional, you know, versions of women that are also oppressed in I think, uh, to me, that's incorrect in that white saviordom is exactly about taking the spotlight off of you and putting it on to other people. Now, you could argue that they are putting the spotlight in, on themselves by arguing on behalf of other people or by advocating on behalf of other people. But if anything, uh, in a lot of ways, I think they're pushing themselves out of the conversation. It's a tough, tough balance to strike on that one. It's an interesting thought to look at that from two different perspectives and for her to say that that's highlighting white people, uh, whereas in a lot of ways I think it's detracting. I think, um, I think even from the beginning, different groups of women have different problems and I think even from the beginning white women wanted to have the ability to work outside of the home. When black women, we had a lot of, we were already working a lot. So we didn't have that same desire. So it's just like, I think some issues that may be beneficial to you guys, that you guys focus on, but it's not really beneficial for my communities. The separation of families are already very big in the black community. So I think certain messages of the feminist movement separates women from men. Yeah, and I, I like that you talked about the history. It's really important. Um, like you said, it was from, if you think of slavery, we had feminists and they actually risked their lives and some of them had them taken. We marched knowing that some people didn't even think we were welcomed. We're all different. They're, I can't know what you all go through. I you don't, can't know what I go through. And even if you are the same skin color, I still don't know exactly. <laughs> completely what you go through, but I can have an understanding. And how can you have an understanding when it's never been the focal point? Also feminist issues that are currently going on right now. Where are the voices for, you know, women in the Middle East, for example, who are suffering in Muslim countries at the hands of oppressors? You know, there's 50,000 pregnant women in Gaza, for example. The miscarriages have skyrocketed 300%, and they're doing um, C-sections with no anesthesia. Women are cutting up tents to use as menstrual Absolutely. products. Absolutely. I'm sure you saw that post as well. Like People disgusting. are fighting for the Barbie movie, but they're not having the same outrage Over. for the women yeah. in Gaza who are suffering. It's just so difficult to have these conversations. I feel like it's kind of just like we're all just talking over each other or past each other or through each other, and some things are landing. There's a lot of talking on behalf of communities when we're also at the same time advocating that you can't talk on behalf of communities. The one girl said, you know, white women wanted to go out in the workforce, black women were already working. That's a hard generalization to make. I can get in a general sense how you could say that, but it's very difficult to talk on behalf of a community. The other girl says, you know, you don't you you can't understand my experience because of who I am and it's even different among black people but at least we have that baseline understanding I'd argue that we don't have that baseline understanding as black people and we're all different individuals she was perfectly fine telling people not to advocate on behalf of women in the Middle East when it came to hijabs because some people want to wear them and some people don't but it's now saying advocate on behalf of women for what's happening in Gaza and I'd argue 
these are all just human issues. It's not like a woman issue, man issue, although these ones are distinctly affecting women. It's just human issues, and we should do what is best for human flourishing. And in the case of what's happening with Gaza, yes, it is taking care of, of pregnant women and babies and making sure women's needs are met for the time of the month. And it's horrific what women are experiencing, and men, and children, and everybody is experiencing. Uh, and it's just very, very hard to watch. But when it becomes an argument on an ideological front rather than on a human level of what do humans need, what does human suffering look like, and how do we alleviate that suffering, that's when we get lost in the weeds and we start arguing about your Twitter post over the Barbie movie versus how you treat the pregnant women in, in Gaza, and it's just like, okay, can we just at a human level agree that maybe there's suffering happening and we should do something about it? it can we get to the bottom of it? On, on that front? Does it have to be an argument about whether or not you're an anti-feminist or a feminist before you do something about something horrible that's happening in the world? In my opinion, no. Women in the Middle East and Muslim women in general, mm -hmm. the voices are silent. If we look everywhere else that we could put a lot of more of our energy in helping women all over the world who are really going through way more mm -hmm. oppression, yeah. well, real, like, you know, like, like real, real that they, like I yeah. said, real oppression yeah. that we actually have to step up and like, mm -hmm. rather than just the stuff that's going on here, but we're actually yeah. really like, we're blessed to be able to even Absolutely. be able to help other people from other countries mm -hmm. and be able to march and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and we're blessed for our problems that we have here. Yeah. Like, you know, because there's so much worth happening around the world. Well, the question was whether or not um, white feminists benefit more from the feminist movement. The reason why I disagree with it is because I think it's not necessarily a divide in the races in terms of who it benefits. It's if you are pro feminists pushing the ideology of bashing men and doing certain things. Society is supporting that. So that's the reason why I didn't necessarily agree with the, with the statement. I have a question for you, because yeah. you brought up specifically that society's supporting the bashing of men. How do you define the bashing of men? I want to know where you draw the line between bashing men and talking about the ways in which women have historically been mistreated by Good men. Question. This generalization of um, calling men toxic. I've always been surrounded by incredible men who are very supportive, protective, uplifting. The language and, and the narrative that we are pushing to diminish men as a society, I think it's very harmful. That kind of um, rhetoric is harmful and I also think the foundations of feminism are not about men are toxic, men suck, they're, you know, they're bad inherently that's because what we that's always here. Yeah, no, I that. know, and that's not true. I also think so. Okay, I'm glad that she said that's not true. Yeah, there's there's a ton of examples. I mean, we recently reacted to, on the show of like a ton of young women being asked, "Do you need men?" And they said, "Absolutely not. We don't need men. Like men are horrible. All this different stuff." You do have the label of toxic masculinity, which some use sparingly and others don't. You do have the hashtag believe all women, which you can say is a statement that's not necessarily about men, but it very much is uh, in practice. If you're saying that a woman is always meant to be believed, what are you saying about a man? Uh, that's all you really have to think about. Plus, there's tons of fighting back and forth about this not all men narrative where people are saying, obviously, this is not all men. There are plenty of good men around us. I'm sure you can rattle off names in your brain of good men in your life that have been present, your brothers, your fathers, your uncles, your friends, your boyfriends, your husbands, people that you can think of who 
encompass not all men. Uh, yet a lot of feminists say, well, if you respond to me with not all men, you're detracting from the, the feminist movement. So tons of rhetoric directed towards men, and I'm sure tons of rhetoric directed towards women as well. It's a shared experience now because we are so polarized on the basis of sex. Some of those are just people like exaggerating, you know what I mean? Like sure. we all generalize. How many times have we all said like people suck? I said we need another plague for like years and then oh COVID God, happened. Yeah. And then COVID happened. You know, like sometimes it's just bitching. Sometimes it's just Yeah, but when it's constant bitching, we all know there are good men, there are bad men, there are good women, there are bad women. Mm -hmm. But it's just like how come even when women do something bad, it's blamed on the patriarchy still. Why do you guys think She's right. I mean we there there are people who we, we throw out things flippantly. I've said on this channel, uh, we need to get nuked or something like that. You you say these things, but it actually is very important to uh, bring in your, your language a little bit. And this is something that I've learned over time, especially doing this for a, a job. Your language is really important. Your rhetoric is really important. And even something that you say sort of flippantly um, can go on to uh, affect people. Now, you don't have to worry all the time of like, is what I'm saying affecting people or is it offensive or whatever? I just think on an individual level, it's probably important that you say what it is you actually mean and not waste time on words that you don't actually mean. And it's a lesson we're all learning and we all mess up. Up. So to her point, I, I agree. And to the other girl's point, when it's constant, this constant ridicule towards men, hatred towards men, calling out of toxic masculinity, saying all men are horrible, I hate them, I don't need them, that message does start to land. And it lands amongst the most vulnerable of men. And the most vulnerable of men go on to be disenfranchised, angry, upset, lonely, sad, and if what feminists say about men is true and they're toxic and they're horrible and they're violent and aggressive, why would you be using rhetoric that fosters the manifestation of toxic traits? So the more you demean men, the more toxicity that you create in return. So you sh it's really important that you utilize your, your language properly and say what it is you really mean. I think, um, and maybe it's because of proximity and where we live, but in Western society it seems like feminism is talked about a lot. Um, whereas it's not talked about as much in other countries. Why do you guys think this is? It's because other countries have a lot of things going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean Real to problems? Right, and I don't mean to say that, like, we don't have, like, America, we have our problems. I mean, every one of us can say that there's something that, you know, that America does that can be better. But not I only that, but, oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was gonna say, but not only that, but in other countries, they're not confused. Men know their roles and women know their roles. Like, for example, like the Gulf countries and the UAE and Saudi, I've never seen women be happier, you know, and women here, especially women here or in Western societies, you know, want to be like them. We're not striving for equality, we're wanting equity, meaning we want where we're able to get for us to strive in our own place and for men to strive in their own place. I don't know about... It's also because the West has distinctly chosen to concern itself with progress and being a civilization that is consistently working towards progress and innovation. So the very rights that you are awarded as a woman in the West give way to this sort of progressive ideology and constant talks of how can we have more progress, we need more feminism, we need to do more against systemic racism. It's because the West is actually concerned with solving the problems that are, are creating gender divides, solving the problems of, of sexism and racism and homophobia, whereas other countries, quite frankly, a lot of them don't care. So the people are saying the West has such a big problem, look at all the issues we have. The very fact that you're able to have a conversation about these very minute, somewhat tedious issues that you're facing in the West is why the West is great. <laughs> so it's very, you know, it's, it, it kind of lacks, I think, 
sight when it comes to history, where we are today, the progress that we've made, and the very fact that you're able to have the conversation in the first place is because you live in the West, and these are Western values. And real quick, there's something mm-hmm. to be said for like not being able to acknowledge or appreciate, again, that progress that has been brought to the time that we in which we now live. And I feel like the fatal flaw of the West has proven to be that we are too open minded and too focused on progressing, that we can progress past what have proven to be good ideas Mm -hmm. that correspond well with human nature, that understand what works when it comes to governance, what works when it comes to values that we should hold dear and enshrine. And we get bored with those or we somehow fall prey to uh, attractive ideologies that will cast you as a, oh, if I'm in a victim group, then I can benefit more or whatever fosters resentment against your oppressors. And now there's this new reality where we we've made a ton of progress under sort of enlightenment liberalism. But now we're like bored with that or past that and adopting this old tried and failed ideology that's oppressor oppressed framework. The Marxist sort of with a new uh, spin on it that divides people on instead of on class, it's on race or gender or whatever. And that is attractive, but then it's not working and it's creating all this division and it's creating all these social problems and, and uh, issues between men and women, all this confusion. And, you know, we're having difficulty defining simple things like men and women. And I think all that is just reflective of being so progressive that we've progressed past things like biology, things yep. like uh, proven principles that we've been able to build and flourish under. Um, and yet now we choose to despise them. That's just very disheartening to witness so open-minded that our brains have fallen out that's where we are right now about us over here but that's what i want as well i i want any woman or anybody who identifies as a woman to be able to you heard that she said as a woman or anybody who identifies as a woman meaning men meaning now you are labeling yourself as a feminist which is somebody who's supposedly working for the progress of women and you are allowing biological men who identify as women to be a part of that feminist movement <laughs> uh, there you, uh, that's Express all i need that to however say however it feels comfortable to them and i think um to be able to amplify your guys's voice would be the first place to start and to really make feminism intersectional like I'm assuming we all want to, that's us to stop talking. I mean, our side was the first side that talked in, when we sat down. White women just want to have a microphone and, and talk. And I really think we should all just listen moving forward in this conversation. But there are black feminists. I'm not. Okay, there's so much wrong here. Okay, uh, I really think we should just move forward and listen for the, the entirety of this conversation. When you just like set aside your own individual thoughts because somebody else is more oppressed than you, then there's no room for conversation. We're here to have a conversation. We're here to debate. We're here to find middle ground, which means you do have to say your beliefs. And you can't just sit and listen to me when I know you do not agree with anything it is that I have to say. So we cannot, because of our white allyship, just say, I'm going to sit and listen because then no progress is made. And that's why this ideology is inherently flawed, because it makes no sense. We have to hammer out the issues. We have to go back and forth, find out the middle ground, find out what we can agree on and move forward in that direction. So you can't just defer to people because of their skin color. Not trying to fault anyone, but even black feminists, they I think that deep down they know that even if we do bring our problems to the surface, it's not going to be, you know, reciprocated in a way that's going to bring change. <laughs> Anti-abortion laws have affected women of color more than white women. This is Patreon. 
<clears throat> the patriarchy has been beneficial to society. Agreeers? Well, very much depends on what you mean. Depends on what you mean by patriarchy. And depends on what you mean by beneficial. Depends on what you mean by society. <laughs> no, but it very much depends on what you mean by patriarchy. I don't know what they're going to say. I, I guess I would argue that, yeah, in a lot of ways, it's uh, inherently beneficial to society. We're all sitting in this civilization right now, and I'm sitting uh, in a studio talking at you uh, in, a, in a camera, and I get to live this life because of the society that I guess feminists are going to argue that was wholly built by some sort of patriarchal force. And if we're looking at that patriarchal force, you could look at it uh, from an oppressive standpoint and say, well, women didn't have the opportunity for bank accounts until, you know, very recently. They didn't have the opportunity to be in the workforce or to choose what way of life they wanted to lead. And uh, in many ways were looked at as property or, you know, transactional agreements. And you can look at it that way. Or you could say, Men uh, with, you know, the, their, their strength and their brute force built the society that we live in. They went in on, off to die in wars and to work on our behalf to, to provide for a family and to uh, allow us to be home and to have children and to lead what was a, a much softer life in comparison to what they had to go through. Now, of course, you're going to see pros and cons and negatives and positives and you can view that in whichever way you do, but in, in large part, it's been very beneficial uh, as we are now living in a great age of progress, in my opinion. I'd be interested to hear from the feminist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I think it's benefited society in the way that it was meant to. The patriarchy was created by men, in, in, especially in Western culture, um, through colonialism. The system was created to benefit um, specific people in society and not everyone in society, because men were the foundation for how the country was um, created, but I'm pretty sure these sort of ideas predate colonialism. I'm just gonna <laughs> gender differences and the different dynamics between men and women and kind of like hunter versus gatherer and, you know, builder versus caretaker and nurturer wholly predates colonialism. And for good reason, for good biological, physiological reason, these things predate colonialism. They, they weren't the ones who necessarily always built it. I think women did a lot of that. I step forward kind of a similar way. <clears throat> I think it has benefited men in society. It's benefited my dad, um, but it oh. hasn't benefited my mom. How demeaning. It's benefited her dad, but it hasn't benefited her mom. And maybe her mom is a leftist and believes this too, but how demeaning to your mother that you feel like she has no agency. How demeaning to all of the women that came before us that we somehow view them as just leading these wholly miserable lives, oppressed by men and constantly under their thumb. There are many, many strong, happy, positive, optimistic women that led lives that far predate our own and to sort of cast them aside and say, women have been oppressed up until now and we're still working on this movement to free ourselves from the chains of men. It's just so demeaning to hear. Oh my goodness. If there's generations past me, like if we are getting three generations down the line and people are referring to my upbringing and my life as like some oppressive force of patriarchy, I would look at them and be like, what are you talking about. It was never a greater time to be me in, in society. And I'm sure a lot of women felt that exact same way and are strong and powerful and happy. Uh, it's just such a fatalist negative view of everything that has predated us when you could view it extremely positive. It's like these were the stepping stones to get you to where you are today. 
I just have a question, because I guess from, I have my own understanding of what patriarchy is. Can either of you like just define it for me? Like, what is the patriarchy? To me, it's just men being in dominant positions and running um, government offices, running households, running every space where there's all genders. Okay. Define dominant also. Define, we have this view of like, because you're a CEO or because you're a businessman or because you're a politician, that somehow makes you dominant. And I can see in ways where, yeah, you can legislate the reality for a lot of people. And these are things that we should push back on. But inherently what you're saying is that the, the work that women were doing whilst men were taking on those positions is inherently less powerful or like less dominant or it's you know inherently submissive to whatever the male counterpart is. And I don't view that to be true at all, which is why a lot of these women are going to identify as anti-feminist because they're going to say, I don't view, you know, being a mother who stays at home and takes care of children as being a non-dominant position in the world. It's not non-dominant. It's just different. And it's uh, it takes on, you know, the space that women were biologically created to take on. Now, you have that choice as to whether or not you want to follow through on what is your biological reality, but it shouldn't be viewed as less dominant to take on the role that women have historically taken on. But it is pivotal to society. Society does not exist without women. It does not flourish without women. It dies without women choosing to take on the position of being a mother, a nurturer, a caretaker, someone who takes care of the household. And to view that as submissive is shocking to me. There's men running those spaces. Um, in terms of getting loans for homes, men were the ones that were able to do that. Women weren't able to do that until they were given the rights to do that. Um, it's statistically, men have had jobs longer, men have ran the country longer, so women having, to, m women having to you know, penetrate those boundaries that are so the, sort of deep into our country, men have more of a, a leg up. Not in every culture, but I think in Western, white culture men have the leg up and they're the ones well, that created initially and now all, all the things all the examples she just gave housing loans bank accounts jobs things like that accomplished here we are here we are in the day and age where women can do all of those things and here you are talking about it so what's next what else do we have to work on because all of the things that you're talking about are historical uh, examples and nothing uh, in the present day uh, that she just said is currently affecting women or holding them down. And there's an argument to be made that, uh, and I'm not making this argument on behalf, don't go like Pearl Davis me right now, but <laughs> there's an argument to be made that because of those changes, you've actually robbed a lot of women of having the uh, old school reality, the traditional uh, reality that a lot of women want and uh, were working towards. So, you know, and I, I like that you asked, like, what's the definition yeah. of patriarchy, right? When I think of patriarchy, I think of the roles that we all have to play in society, right? Mm -hmm. Men built a lot of civilization. That's just the truth. Yeah, men are strong, men are providers, men are protectors. Mm -hmm. And so men have built society throughout history, and we've all benefited from that. Well, we know? only give credit to the men who've built it, but there's been women staying at home for years who are edu educating their children, loving their children, teaching Absolutely. them empathy, and the men I think those, doing, I think but those that's a women different should role. be highlighted. Yeah. I feel like, uh, for, for sure. me, I feel like feminism doesn't highlight but those absolutely. women. It doesn't. Those women who are actually doing the work of yeah. staying yeah. home yeah. and it being great mother. But that's, that's what right. I mean by the roles that we so play. So it's just like, I agree in that sense, but it's like, we have to give men some credit. It wasn't an ethical stance there. Yeah, white men came over and colonized the U.S., 
but at the expense of the indigenous hu- indigenous humans. And that black were people, here. I will say, as unethical as that is, black people became citizens because of it. I'm here in this country from that. Mm-hmm. The patriarchy, the reason why mm-hmm. we have women mm-hmm. doing what we're doing in the workplace or doing what we're doing in this world is because we are following that of men. Very important thing that she just said, and you can only say it if you're a black person, apparently. You know, you can say these are horrible transgressions, you know, colonialism, imperialism, which we can argue, of course, the pros and cons list of, t- of both of those things and how it's led to modern civilization. But she said, I'm a citizen in this country because of, of colonialism and uh, imperialism based on what you just said. So how am I meant to view that? Was it, was it a net positive or was it a net negative for me? And we didn't get a response to that. Yeah, and that has been, and it's not. But did men fight for the right for women to be in the workplace or was that female voices? But I don't think that, I, wait, I'm sorry, go ahead. Like, was it male voices who were like, get our wives in the workplace? Or was it females who were like, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, women. but that's what I was gonna say. I just think personally, the reason why women have benefited from this is because we chose to. <laughs> we chose, women choose to do whatever they want and mm-hmm. to say that pa- the patriarchy doesn't benefit women. I, I'm just confused by that because yeah. so I'm just saying. I think the question was: Did the patriarchy benefit <laughs> yeah. society? Yeah. Thought, We're agreeing that it's benefited society. I thought it was society. Women. Okay, so it's no. society. I think, society. Uh, unless I misunderstood. Okay, so yeah. society. 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 I agree with yeah. your point, okay. so, yeah. but not society. Or, yes, society, but not women. I but feel like if anything, like feminism women. affects the patriarchy or the rules of men and women. Nowadays, like men are now more feminine and mm-hmm. and women What's are more masculine. Because What's wrong it, with that? And men have always been feminist. Um, fem, I think there's a lot wrong with that. There's a lot wrong with a man acting feminine? No, feminine? There's, there, there's, a, there's a big distinction. I'm gonna share my husband. He's the most manly man you will ever come across. He's a whiskey drinking, gun toting, football watching, all the things. But he's a squishy, soft teddy bear. He's very compassionate, very empathetic. Mm-hmm. That's the epitome me of, of a good man to mm-hmm. me, right? And I'm married to him. I don't know about you guys, but in the dating world, it's so much confusion. And then it's yeah. like, man, oh, what, well, you're a feminist. Oh, well, women should pay now, right? Because like yeah. men don't want to be men women are or like doing yeah. things. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to. Well, he, here's the thing, though. It's not men don't want to be men. How can they? What are they supposed to do now? Women are out educated when it comes to uh, comparing them to men. They are going to be out earning men largely. So as a man, are you meant to get in a relationship? with a woman she's higher she has a higher education than you do she makes more money than you do and you're still meant to be the provider and the protector of this person so all of your money is then shoveled into a relationship and then what she keeps her money and that that goes in the bank which there are some men doing that these days I guarantee you as this continues and we continue on this trajectory of women out becoming you know more educated and out earning men that is not sustainable. It's not going to work. So now we're in this fluctuation period of men have to figure it out. Women have to figure it out. We're missing each other because women are super masculine and men are becoming super feminine and the attraction is canceling out. There's a million things happening right now that uh, I think in hindsight, we're going to look at and be like, ah, I can see where those problems might have come from. Now, it's not to say that we need to roll back women's rights and they shouldn't be able to vote or they shouldn't be able to be in the workforce. It's just to say we need to acknowledge the issues that are going to pop up on the other end of decisions like this. And it's the stuff we just talked about of now men and women are missing each other and dating is difficult and men are lonely and women are, you know, getting more promiscuous and masculine and all these different things. It's happening and it is the result of ideology and agenda and dogma and we can acknowledge it and say that it's happening that that's it that's all we have to say
So, yeah, I mean, all we have to say is like masculinity exists and it corresponds to maleness and that's okay. And we should celebrate the healthy expression of masculinity in males and we should allow for the expression of masculinity in females. Uh, and that's okay too. But we shouldn't be in this place where we're teaching this ideology that human beings are just these amorphous blobs that uh, choose to or manifest certain aspects of maleness and femaleness, and that is what determines uh, their 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 gender or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like it, for all of human history, we've known that what traits and what behaviors are associated with maleness and what traits and what behaviors are associated with femaleness. Femaleness. That doesn't mean that we have to have rigid social standards that enforce those on people, but that also doesn't mean that uh, we should try to pretend like those realities do not exist. It leads to the confusion that we are now experiencing where women are like, I can't find a man who will take on that masculine role. Yeah. And men are like, I can't find a woman that will take on that feminine role or all of our expectations are uh, just jumbled. And the uh, you know, birth rates are declining, depression rates are rising. And I think a lot of that is because we've just introduced mass chaos and confusion simply by, by virtue of dispensing with the notion that masculinity is a thing that tends to manifest itself with maleness and vice versa. And there's like evolutionary bi biological reasons for that. There's physiological reasons for that. It's not just every, I feel like the pink hair girl, especially, uh, there's this mentality that everything is socialized. And mm -hmm. everything is just the uh, influence of society on you. And that's not true. There's an innate sense of manhood, womanhood. And uh, I think that we discard that and discredit it at our peril. Yep. Woman, 100%. And I hope she gets some pushback on that and they kind of like get her to battle back a little bit. Because she's being very combative on their end. But I'm not hearing much response from her. The feminism. So I'm like, I'm okay with... Just like my a role, but like you, you do know, your role, you're role. Being traditional yes. women. Society has functioned forever with very specific exactly. roles of masculine. You know, in today's time, I consider myself a very modern woman, but I love stepping into my feminine role where I can let my husband lead, mm -hmm. you know, and let him be the provider and everything, right? We've just got such an upside down world right now where, especially for the young generation, there is just there, real no yeah. distinction. There's confusion. Yeah. They, don't know, they don't know what to step into. What's it? upside down about, you know, me acting more masculine and my, you know, my friends, okay. who I am friends with a lot of men who just yeah. have a lot more femi feminine traits. I don't see that as the world being flipped upside oh. down. I feel like I we're less friendly. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Society has been forcing men to act strong, and you're saying that a man isn't a good man if they're not strong and protector. I think that's bull. I think that a man is a man because they say they're a man. So I think mm -hmm. the second we start to say men are acting feminine and women are acting masculine, that is so problematic. You, if you're a little bit more flamboyant, you can't be flamboyant. Oh, yeah, I'm saying, I'm talking. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. I'm talking in this way. I don't look to men and what they can give me. I look to what what do I not have? And that's yeah. not good. Also, and I feel like yeah. black women, yeah. I don't know, it's like, especially black women, we're, we're always so 
already strong, uh, strong yeah, and then masculine. We always have this energy of like, mm. we're already masculine and already, yeah. so it's like, no. They're having their feminine energy. <laughs> it's not gonna help me. No, you know, no, feminine feminine energy. Energy. What about lesbian? Oh. You can have two feminine. But, oh, see, <laughs> what, what about meism? I love what about meism uh, that's happening all the time right now. Again, she said, a man is just whoever identifies as a man. So we're just off on the wrong foot. There's really nothing to say to somebody who says a man is just whoever identifies as a man. Now, to her point about men being able to show their emotions and to show their vulnerability as they haven't been able to historically, I think there's value in that. I think we should encourage that people be open with their emotions and be able to display their vulnerability in a way that is healthy and reasonable. We should still be fostering strength among both men and women. However, we know biologically women are more likely to showcase uh, vulnerability and emotion in a way that is different from the way that manifests with men. So it's not to say that you can't show up as a feminine man or you have to constantly be masculine. It's just to say what are healthy traits for human beings in general and strength and fortitude and being able to process and deal with your emotions is a strength uh, for, for everyone, but also especially, especially men. Energy. No, but I'm, I'm just I'm not, what, though. So I, I'm just saying, I'm know, just saying that can wait, work. I'm just talking about for me personally. I'm just trying to understand why you need feminine and masculine. That's can my I just ask, disconnect. Can I say this? And funnily enough, if you look at like a lot of lesbian relationships or gay relationships, you will see that there is a distinct feminine and masculine energy uh, between the two people. Not for all of them. There are some gay and lesbian relationships where, you know, maybe it's a balancing act and there's a 50-50 here and there's 50-50 there. But a lot of them have a distinctly masculine figure and a distinctly feminine figure. Uh, and you guys can think about that. Even like sociologically, if we're talking about like the sexual interest of lesbian and gay couples, somebody typically takes on the feminine role, somebody typically takes on the masculine role. So even in same-sex relationships, you see this deviation of feminine and masculine characteristics. Ask yourself why. Instead, she's doing this like, what about me is, and what about lesbians? Well, what about gay people who don't fit what has been, you know, the historic shape of, you know, heterosexual relationships for nearly all of human history. Now, it's not to their exclusion. We can still have discussions about gay people and lesbian people. Just say, let's be honest and not pull out uh, something that is not often typical in order to justify our feelings towards tradition and what is typical. My mom told me, if you are a boy, I would send you to your father because I think that at a certain age, he would be able to properly prepare you as a man in this country. My dad told me straight up, he said, if you are a guy, I would be, I'm so glad you're a girl because I would have been so much harder on you. It taught me how to be softer. And that's what the, that is a feminine, me being a woman, a young woman taught him how to be soft because that feminine injury, he wants to protect me. Like seeing traditional roles mm -hmm. like in Western society is looked down upon, but no, I want to be able, like I, in Islam, men are the leader of the households, and I'll give that to him, the respect to him, and allow him to lead me and my family as long as he does it and he fulfills respectfully, respectfully mm -hmm. and he does it within his rights that he's, that's God-given. And the moment he steps out of the boundaries and disrespects my rights and doesn't mm -hmm. give me my rights as a Muslim woman and a wife, then, then I no longer have to follow yeah. his lead and his command and what he says, mm -hmm. because I want to be like, I want to be in my feminine energy. I want to be soft. I want to be sensitive. I want to be a woman and stay in my role as a woman. Listen, you can date whoever you want. Anybody, if I'm feminine, if you're somebody who's feminine and you want to date another feminine person, you're allowed to. So I don't really think that there's a rule for a dating that needs to be a masculine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm mm -hmm. just saying that if we just continue going on with like, 
everyone, yeah, the path that we're going that all, like, just let everybody be feminine and all the women just step into masculinity. What's going like, to happen? What's the worst that could happen? We have a chaotic world. <laughs> yeah, we're doing right I want to know what That's what's happening happen. right now. It's chaotic. Will the world turn on fire? I, like, I, 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 I get it. Depression, suicide, anxiety, babies not being born, nobody getting together, long-term relationships being, you know, either chaotic or just simply not existing. You have, like, a vast uh, percentage of men saying, I can't even find a, a partner anymore. I'm lonely. Now you can place it on them and say they need to do work. But it's a counterbalance between the, the two sexes. There are a ton of things that go awry uh, with the natural progression of modern-day feminist ideology, uh, you know, not to mention just the sexual promiscuity and the upending of standards and all this different stuff that I think is going to lead to negative outcomes on the whole and just not have people be flourishing and happy. I think one of our goals as society is how can we uh, really uplift the health and well-being of uh, the people within our community and how do we lead lives that are happy uh, and fulfilling, not necessarily happy, your life doesn't have to be happy, that's not the human experience, but fulfilling at the very least or you, that you derive purpose from. And I'm not seeing much purpose in a, a lot of this. And the, the beautiful thing is, uh, and one thing I'll stand by, at least these feminists claim to stand by, is that you as an individual get to figure out what your purpose is and make that choice. And I hope that is what they actually believe, although in practice, it doesn't seem like that's true. No, focus won't be on families, you know, focus won't be on their families, their children, they're going to have can't you a, an absent mom. Energy. For example, if you're a woman who's like working and you're not in the household, then who's going to take care of your children? A nanny, a daycare, yeah. a preschool. It's not that's, 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 so that's why, that's why. Yeah, see that? You listen to that attitude right there. She said, if I'm a woman and I have children, who's going to take care of my babies? And immediately she rattles off a nanny, a daycare, a school. This, my friends, is the problem, and I lay it right before your feet. People are choosing to have children and allowing somebody else to raise them. Somebody who is not you, uh, does not have your values, does not know your family, does not know your background, uh, to, to raise their kids. And how she so flippantly gave the example of nanny, uh, daycare, uh, you pawn them off at, at, you know, this, that, and the other. And this is not to denigrate people who choose to do this with their kids or have no other option but to do this with their kids. But this should not be plan A for bringing children into the world if you are going to uh, choose to be a parent. Plan A is how can one of us, and in today's society, I guess it doesn't matter if it's the man or the woman, but how can one of us be with our kids so that we can be the ones to truly raise this human being that we chose to bring into the world instead of abdicating to somebody else to do that for us? It's wrong, because why would you have a, another person Stranger. raise your own children? It's you know? wrong because I'm trying to work and I'm trying to provide for my family, and there's nothing wrong with giving my kid another opportunity to do so. I, I just want to say, we right here, I know not all feminists, and I understand that, are fighting for all women to live their life however they want, but it seems to be in this conversation that I don't want to group all of you, but some of you are not fighting for my choice as a woman to not submit to my husband. I would not want to do that. No, I would never have a husband. I, I just said that. I wish, sure. So yeah. that I she just said I would never have a husband. So I don't know if she's saying she's gay or like what, but uh, then what are we, what are we getting at? I'm to group all Some of you on this side, it does seem to be like, you wouldn't fight for the kind of woman I would want to be. 
Oh, and it's just such a poor view of what submission actually means. If you're married, they have this view of because you're using the word submit, that means that you are under, it means that you are less than, it means that you are not equal to. That is by no means the case. And if you've married the right man, the right man is always looking out for what is best for you. And hopefully you found a man who is capable and meets you, uh, you know, with your strengths, but also covers your weaknesses, which makes you want to submit to the man because you know that he's more capable than you are. Like, I hope that is at some point what you find in your partner, regardless of who you are uh, and, you know, what your sex is or whatever. Hopefully you find somebody that when, you know, the going gets hard or you have life issues or just you're going through daily life in general, you can turn to them and you know that they're going to give you a good answer as to how to move forward. And that does not mean that they have a lack of respect for you, that they view you as lesser. It just means that you found a really good partner. We, we make these things negative when in fact they are extremely positive things. I want nothing more and have nothing more in my relationship, then I could literally close my eyes and let my man lead me to wherever I need to go. And I can trust that with my eyes closed, my hands tied behind my back, I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be in the right space because I chose properly in my partner and I trust him to make those decisions. And some people will view that as oppressive of how dare you be led by a man and he makes choices for you or you go to him for decisions. That's liberating. You know how much burden that takes off of your brain that you don't have to worry about this, that and the other and your man leads you and tells you exactly what you need to do and make sure that you get from point A to point B. That's awesome. Like, are you kidding? And you're telling me that at some point I get to just hang with my kids and have time with my husband and take care of my household and make sure my kids are fed and doing well. And you are going out there and doing the hard stuff, at least in my opinion, in this world. And I don't have to worry about that. And if I have a problem, I can go to you and you're going to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. The chat is going off. By the way. Were you about to say something else? No, I'm just going to say, if that's what submission is, sign me, sign up. me up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, just from the male side, I'll say it's super liberating and validating as a man to have a woman who trusts you to kind of take on that role and be on the front lines of your life together as a married couple. And, uh, you know, I've been married a couple of years now. And one thing that uh, we just did, I, I got the idea from uh, Instagram Reel, uh, so I can't take full credit, but I took my wife on a trip and I did not tell her where we were going and she didn't find out until we got to the airport. And uh, I planned out a whole itinerary, got tickets on Broadway and did a few different things. We ended up going to New York City. And uh, it was it was a wonderful trip and a wonderful like exercise of me just kind of taking the initiative saying, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Here's the dinner reservations. I've got it planned out. Now I left some room on the trip to say, hey, do you want to go to she loves books? She's got her bookstagram. Uh, so we had to go to a couple famous bookstores and stuff like that. But just that being a microcosm of the way that we can live life and uh, mm -hmm. the way our household can work. And she wants me to step up. She wants me to, if there's a leak or if there's something out of order in our household, like I have to step on it and figure it out. And uh, she wants me to take on that role so that she can feel safe and taken care of. And I notice a, a palpable difference in her happiness, in her mental health, whenever I am taking on the role that she wants me to take on. 
and it helps me and have better mental health and feel more confident and healthy and strong and validated as a man when I am taking care of my wife and like head of my household and doing all those things. It doesn't mean that we, we're not cooperating. It doesn't mean we're not, uh, it's my way or the highway on everything. Of course not. We have that harmony. Um, but we, we find that as we lean into those roles, uh, things things flourish and they work, work, which to me speaks to what we were talking about before with why do we have all this discord in society? Like she said, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, well, the worst that can happen is we get this cloud of confusion around men and women. We get this cloud of confusion on who's supposed, who we're supposed to be. And we try to suppress things that are innate and just simply real and that are proven and that work. And then we end up having negative outcomes and end up having the confusion. And yep. it's totally preventable if we wouldn't just see reality of male nature or female nature as something that is oppressive or a relic of the patriarchy. No, it's maybe it's just real. And if we accept that reality, we might be better off. Yeah. And I think maybe a lot of it is these these girls are choosing bad men. OK, and that's fair. I think we all go through our slate of dating the wrong person. And then if you've submitted yourself to the wrong person and they don't have your best interest at heart or they're playing around or they're manipulating or they're cheating on you, there's a ton of things that I think can start to change your your view of men. But if you go and find the right one who actually uh, is has your best interest at heart and has the best interest of your relationship at heart, submission is key, I'm just saying. Like, uh, uh, it means it means it's going to be what's best for you. Now, we did get a $50 super chat from Brit, uh, I don't know how to say it, Cormier? I hope I said your last name. Yep, Cormier. So many people have a short view of history. Before the industrial era, there was housework that lasted from dawn to dusk and beyond. So all these people that said, quote, women had to stay home in the past, yeah, to do work that made the home a home. Yes. People so often forget that. It's not just like you're dilly-dallying at home all day waiting for your husband to, to be there so you can, like, give him his dinner or whatever. There's plenty of stuff to do. And I think... In a, in a lot of ways, being a stay-at-home mom gives you at least somewhat, a little bit of freedom to explore your passion and purpose in a way that's not like part of the rat race. Somebody put in the comments, and I'm sorry I missed your username, but you said, won't submit to a husband, but will submit to a boss at work. And, you know, they're getting something in return. They're getting monetary value from submitting to their boss at work. I totally get that. My life will not be led slaving away to a corporation and getting money in return and that being my purpose. I'd rather get a good family, a great dynamic, and a great husband in, in return for that. And fingers crossed that you find the right person that is worthy of that. And it is something that they need to be worthy of. The man is not, you're, it's, you're not the one who's like winning everything. He's winning something too. He's winning a wonderful woman to be in a relationship with. And you need to view that with dignity and respect. And in fact, feminism doesn't tell you to do that. Like right now they're telling you, just go give it away or you throw it on OnlyFans or whatever. But how that outcome is going to be for you I don't know, but just bear in mind, you have a lot of worth and you should spend your time finding the person who recognizes that and wants what's best for you. The main reason why I do not think that the patriarchy benefits society is all, at all is because it is not benefiting men. You guys brought up a lot of points about men being the providers, right? The role of a man is to be the provider. And if you cannot provide for your family, you are not fulfilling the role of a man. We don't live in a society with an economy where we can have 
men be providers, women be, or even just woman provider and man stay at home. Because I know a lot of uh, a lot of cultures like to have stay at home dads and say, what led to that? Why? <laughs> Why do we have that world right now where where you can't have a single income household almost anymore? Of course you can. There are people who do it. But why do we live in that world? What created that? Who entered the workforce? Does provider always have to be income? Yeah. yeah. Does provider yeah. Have that's to the way you guys were framing it. I, I, well, I don't think. I it's the purpose. We are all innately put on this earth to have a purpose, right? And so that purpose for men in their DNA is to be the protector and provider. This conversation is as if like gay people don't exist. <laughs> all we're talking about is the man is a provider, the mom's. What about meism? Is a home. Mm -hmm. You can't even flip those roles. Apparently, like. The women have to be feminine, the man has to be masculine for it to work. First of all, there's plenty of gay households that thrive. Gay people can have families, yep. can thrive without those roles. And I do agree, those roles are not innate. Mm -hmm. yeah. They might have been needed for the Stone Age, but we have completely evolved past that point of needing those roles. And those roles are not in our DNA, those roles were socialized. And if Again, gay households, far less common. Uh, another, like, what about me-ism? But also, uh, look, look deeply into the gay people that you know uh, and see if you can distinctly figure out if there is a male or feminine lean uh, to either individual. And I think uh, maybe like, I'm gonna make up a fake number, you know, like 99% of stats are made up or something like that. <laughs> I feel like seven out of 10 of them have a distinctly feminine and a distinctly masculine uh, counterparts. If you have preference, if you wanna go on a date with someone and you want them to be the leader in your relationship, you want them to pay, you want them to be the one that, you know, opens the door for you, you want that, that strong masculine role, that is your right. And you should command that of someone. If you're on dating apps, right. say, yeah. this is what I, I want. That's what I'm yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was in a family where the men were the providers and the protectors. You know, I come from a law enforcement and military family, as you can imagine. It's very male, you know, heavy dominance. And women stayed home and knew their place. You were rather seen, not heard. It's like if we don't if we don't secure ourselves to a man, then we are then we are just these these women that are just unhealthy too. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. Would you rather them go and fight in the military? I'm just like confused of like, what makes that more dominant? Maybe the dynamics within those relationships might have been maybe a little bit abusive and they didn't want the women to speak or have valuable opinions or anything like that. Then we're talking about something wholly different. But are you advocating that instead your mothers and your aunts and your grandmothers should have been in the military? And, and that's like the power play, that's the powerful position within the relationship. I'm, I just don't understand, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. That's it's, not what we're and saying. And that's not what I want. That's that's not what we're saying. So and I, I, I have one question. Clear. What rights do you guys think that men have that women don't today? Going out in public and not feeling like you're gonna be harassed, whatever race, whatever gender, whatever, you know, I mean, I know you guys just looked and you kind of like rolled your eyes, but, I, I've been sexually assaulted and I, by, like, by someone I didn't know and by someone I did know. And I have been approached in public areas and my voice was not enough to tell them to stop. Women statistically, it's not even a competition. There's so much more of a struggle. We are so much more at harm than men and it's yeah. not even an no, argument. No, that should be no, because but, we are- uh, And different forms of harm, different forms of harm. Uh, men also experience sexual assault and most typically, you know, at the hands of other men, although women also commit acts of sexual assault. A lot of these things, 
they are looking at and thinking that they they can somehow socialize this out of society. I do think to some extent there's a, a lot of work that could be done uh, on behalf of the socialization of sexual assault out of society, but it is also very much a biological reality. And within both uh, male and female, there will be good people and there will be bad people. It happens to be that due to, you know, men's horm hormones, biology, physiology, that sexual assault, they're more than likely going to be the the offender in, in that case. Same thing with violent crimes as men have, you know, testosterone rushing through their, their veins. It makes them assertive. It makes them aggressive. These are realities, okay? And I don't know what we can do other than accept them, put ourselves in the safest position for this not to be the reality. But this this idea that we can blame all men or say that this is like a, an inherent problem amongst all men because men are the main perpetrators, I think is very much wrong. It is an unfortunate reality, but it is is a reality. I don't think you're ever going to see a world where like women are the main perpetrators of these sorts of offenses. And it's just the reality. It's just not the way that we are wired. Yeah. And I think it just has to be said that the question that Gen raised was what rights do men have that you do not? Yep. And the first thing she said was something along the lines of uh, the right not to be sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, you, one, you kind you don't of have that. have that right. And yeah. by having you know rights to life, liberty, <laughs> your, your body autonomy, someone's not allowed to harm you just because you're a woman, but yep. they didn't answer the question. I just think that just bears pointing out at least. Yeah, and you have recourse if something like that happens to you. It's unfortunate that these things do happen, but when they do or if they do, there are things that you can do uh, that are your rights, you know, as somebody who's just been victimized to, you know, take the proper course and hope that something happens. It's unfortunate that in the case of sexual assault, it is a very difficult crime to to figure out, to investigate, to find out who's guilty, who's not guilty, whether or not the accusation is real. It's just a difficult one. It's just the reality. It's just the way things are. Um, and we can complain about it which is one thing, and we can do work to help solve it and make it less of an issue, absolutely. But we also need to acknowledge the reality of it and put ourselves in the best position to where these things hopefully do not happen to us. Real quick, we got one Women more um, super chat. That's sure. $50 from Britt Cormier. I'm going to read. says, to the lady that said, quote, we have evolved, uh, you are welcome. We maintained the world to the point where you can live alone if you choose. This is the only time in human history that women do not have men's protections from the wilds of the world. Yeah. And I mean, that's and that's a choice that we all get to make. And it is. Yeah, we have evolved in many, many, many ways that needs to be acknowledged. We can't just be negative, negative, negative the whole time. And yeah. that our biology are making us like more vulnerable. So well, my biology doesn't make me more susceptible to be attacked at night. Well, no, that's just I, a woman okay, because okay, of can the I just say this kind of Actually, it, it is your biology that does make you more susceptible to it. Biologically, okay, you are not as strong as a man. You don't have the same capabilities of a man. Biologically, you're not wired to be extremely aggressive, assertive, or to have these sort of uh, sexual perversions that we see uh, more often in men. So yes, biologically, you are more susceptible to falling prey to this because that's just the way it works. A man... Uh, is probably going to go after a, a woman who he knows he's going to be stronger than, than than going after another man. Plus, he is biologically attracted to said woman. So this 
this complete like throwing out of biology and what is reality is and she's attributing it all to socialization it's just not true and uh for being the white feminist who said she wanted to sit back and listen to the pocs she's certainly not doing that <laughs> which i don't advocate that she does but she did I just would like to say this. So to me, that's framing it as you women don't have the right to go outside without being insulted. That's not true. No, no, and, no that's not what I meant. Well, that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And in my, in my opinion, I think that of what, what happened to you is disgusting. And that person, mm. the people who did that need to be prosecuted. And I hope, and if they couldn't, they, they can't. Won't. And that's the horrible yeah. thing. And that should be talked about. Overarchingly, men have the ability to oh. go outside without fear. Okay. There are, there are. That's just reality, baby. It's just reality. You know what also is a reality? That if you are sexually assaulted or attacked and you call law enforcement for something to be done of it, about it, more than likely a good man is going to show up to take care of the situation and to protect you and to, uh, you know, arrest whoever it is that is responsible for your assault. So can we balance these things out and saying that, yeah, a man is probably, you know, if you get attacked, it's likely to be a man. It's also, if you're protected, it's likely to be a man who steps up and takes on that position. And he is best suited biologically to take on that role. Are groups of men, especially black men, that do have fear of when they're driving, if there's a cop getting pulled over. But I'm saying that women overarchingly, I mean, how many women have you know, stun guns or have mace but or you have some sort of... That. You know, I understand yeah. because if I'm going on a date, I have everything. Exactly. Yeah. I'm setting my location. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not taking that away, but it was just like in the just contrast of what his yeah. question was. Yeah. It was just society, like not good to question. Question. But you don't and think it's a right that men have... have, right have to be safe. No. And I don't, I don't think she's quite aware of how often men get attacked. Uh, men experience a lot of violence, and I don't know the exact numbers on it, but I would say uh, they, they experience a lot of violence. And of course, you can argue that's violence at the hands of, of other men, typically. But look at it. That, that's a balance. Uh, there are men who commit violence. There are men who don't. There are men who are victims of violence, and there are men who aren't. The same goes for, same goes for women. We have that safety and in, that innately and women that right. don't? I feel like last, last point. Last, last concluding point on this side. When you were saying that, the, um, that women can go in at night without having to be attacked, that's a people thing. And, yeah. and, Is that a right that we don't? Yeah, that we can't. You didn't really answer his question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, let's move on to the next problem. Okay. Thank you. Anti-feminism okay. hinders Oof. progress towards achieving gender equality. Anti-feminism hinders progress towards achieving gender equality. Um, no, I wouldn't walk forward for that. I would say it uh, hinders progress towards achieving gender equity, which is what many of these women actually want. There are valid concerns and criticisms of the feminist movement, but a lot of it is just like, oh, you said, uh, you said yes, all men. Okay, but what's the context behind people saying yes, all men. It's not actually saying specifically, yes, every single man is responsible for every single other man uh, assault. Then don't say it. <laughs> if it's not what you mean, don't say it because people are going to take the words you say as what you mean. Somebody, no, it's this societal thing of like, I don't feel safe with men. It depends on the, the, the kind of label you're using because you could be an anti-feminist like these women because you don't agree with some of the um, rhetoric that's been used or some of the very specific movements. But you can also be someone like Andrew Tate, who yeah. is like, he's not just anti-feminist, he's anti-woman. Pearl, too, just Oh my God, things. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> not using the feminist label is frustrating, even if you kind of share like the same core values, like we're all pro-women, but we're not all feminists. Mm -hmm. It can be counterproductive just by nature of like 
not using or using labels, like they carry so much weight. I don't know if you guys know, but Andrew Tate converted to Islam. Yes. He became Muslim. Yes. People can change. Oh, that means nothing. Sorry. <laughs> and I feel like we... Not that I feel any particular way about Andrew Tate. I'm sure we're going to get into this as the can of worms has been opened, but somebody's conversion doesn't mean anything. We shouldn't judge people for, you know, what they may have done, or done or said in the past, because people do change, have a change of heart. Good people around you and your surroundings can change you. So I don't want to be like, okay, Andrew Tate is a bad person or he's anti-woman. He ran a sex trafficking ring. You see, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to assume no, stuff. He's in charge. He, he's for things he's legally. He has he not been charged. I don't know. He's not been convicted. Oh. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He was he's in the I, middle I, of he's trial. In, he was in prison, but I believe was there charged. was a trial. He wasn't charged. Yeah. yeah so not, he's on yeah, house it's arrest. Still going I on. Think. I think he's on a house okay. arrest. Convicted. Yes. Well, no, no, no. He has not been convicted. He yeah. has been charged. There's enough evidence to put him in prison. And he's also been accused. There's also a lot of people like going after him. He may have, you know, gotten an awakening to become a better person, better man, and you know, being able to support. And I feel like now he probably has more respect for women because of Islam. He you does know? not. I assure you, he has not changed. I'm not gonna forgive somebody who's vile. Yeah. The amount of 13-year-old boys he has genuinely permanently altered because their brain was so mm. fresh when they're reading all these red pill things um, is, is really damaging. So I'm not gonna like entertain a conversation where I think we mean to give forgiveness to someone who's horrible. Right, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. This sort of mentality is just so damaging and she will hopefully learn that as she ages and like, matures a little bit, but like, oh, that sort of viewpoint is just not. Oh, I don't, I haven't really looked it. at those videos. Like I didn't care enough but about him did. until he became Muslim. That's when I, okay, that's when I recognized him. You should research, because I feel like you wouldn't support him. Like, I feel like you seem like a very reasonable, incredible human. I really think you should look into it, because <laughs> he's, he's really think, vile. Oh. We brought it up earlier, right, Valeria? Like, everyone was like, oh, you know, feminists are so uh, anti-men. It's like, have you ever had a time where you're just like, oh, God, I hate my family, right. because your family's been a dick to you? Right. Do you really hate your family? But if you keep saying it all the time, someone's gonna believe that you hate your family. If you mm -hmm. keep constantly saying it, but like, has your family? Be, I'm gonna look at your, your family, family like, what's going on with them? But has your family constantly caused you harm and not but, actually made steps to make that better with you? That's so where you, you do hate your family. But what if no. I don't hate my family? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate I my family. That's not go. That's what if I'm just saying they're Wait, doing things for you to hate? I'm saying that. And you're I, saying you hate them? No, I'm not saying I hate them at all. To me, as a whole. And saying something hinders or something, you know, is, is stopped. That means that I'm against women. That means that you're saying that because I'm an anti-feminist. No. Well, that's that's kind of like, you know, what I, I take from it. Because even, you know, you guys, Andrew Tate, just pearly things, or whoever, even though I disagree with many of them, <laughs> they, they have reasons to whatever they can say, just like you have reasons to what you say. I can let many things fly that don't apply to me, but it still looks bad to me. It still looks bad on my person and my community and me as a woman. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that maybe it can come off as very demeaning and dismissive, and that's what's already the problem in feminism. Exactly. You, make a, you and, make a really good point. Like, genuinely, there are, I've been in so many feminist spaces where I'm just embarrassed, 100%. Yeah. I mean, anti-feminist too, though. I'm, I'm being honest, there are some so very why, radical why, why is that? Yeah. Um, because they're just the loudest, and they're so, everything's self-serving. If you're in it for you, <clears throat> this fight isn't for you. It is for you, you're a woman, yeah. but there are people. The call is coming from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. Ring, ring, pick up. Who this fight is, is more for. I think that's okay to, to, when we're talking about intersectionality, to put things on a spectrum and to say- I don't think so. You don't think so? No, you don't because think the problem- My needs as a woman 
should be fought for as much as a black woman's. No, I, this, I don't. This, no, I don't think there should be, because that's, to me, the problem. Yes. There's already a spectrum in the, <laughs> oh, the feminist gosh. movement. We're trying to create the most, the biggest, the biggest movement or the biggest fight that's going against women where we should just bring women together mm -hmm. and say, what are you going through? What are you yes, going through? Exactly. And it should, that's to me, that's the, what some people the are spectrum. trying to do. It's a community level. Like, I, that's... I, yeah, I just feel like that's the problem. The spectrum or what's, there should be no, no black woman should be over, or, or no white woman, or to me, like you said, even middle Eastern, there should be no group of people that have a higher highlight because right. by doing mm -hmm. that, right. well, so you're saying like creating the groups is creating more division? Exactly. Yeah, I do. Exactly. I do have a statement because I think innately we all are, you know, pro woman and we are pro equity of women and we are pro equality of gender in the ways that we perceive it to be. Mm -hmm. I was no, once no, no. anti feminist. But I don't think I was not progressing the feminist movement. I think as a woman, I was trying to, you know, progress in my own ways. And I think that that's exactly what you guys are doing in your own ways. And I think every one of us is working towards making that more palatable for everyone. Absolutely. Well, I, and go I do want to say this hot take. When you put a bunch of women together to have this conversation, the female characteristics that they all have of like this need to like be compassionate towards every single belief and ideology and like somehow validate each other while completely validating one another. These women do not agree with the things that they're saying. If you're taking what they're saying at face value and interpreting it and analyzing it, they don't agree. And some of them are saying that women should be placed on a tier list of their beliefs. Others are saying we're all equal. A, a girl who's a feminist who just said that she believes in intersectionality and has made that clear throughout this entire show is now saying that we're all doing stuff that is pro-women and we're all doing stuff to move forward the form. You're, that's your female nature taking over because I know you don't actually believe that and I know that that's not actually true and if we could just really be straightforward with one another and call each other out and hopefully find maybe a little bit of middle ground, we'd get through this. But this need to like, dole out validation to ideas that you clearly believe are wrong is actually your feminine characteristics shining through more so than ever. I feel like a man is not gonna do that. A man is not gonna sit there and be like, oh, well, I feel as though all of our opinions are valid and we're all doing stuff that is technically pro-women in our own eyes and we're all doing stuff to move forward progress even though I vehemently disagree with everything you're saying, y'all. Just leave that out the door. You don't actually believe what you're saying. And I can feel you don't believe what you're saying at the end of the day. And that is a uniquely feminine uh, thing. Yeah, well, today's men might say stuff like that because they've been feminized. Yes. And they might take that other approach. But I'm glad you said that because I was like, I hope Amala pauses pretty soon because I'm starting to get lost because they're kind of contradicting their earlier statements. But when you elucidate the fact that that is they're just speaking like women and kind of uh, communicating and saying things that they don't necessarily mean and just sort of doing pleasantries and I'm like oh okay now it makes a little more sense but I was getting lost there for a second so I'm glad you uh Decided to clear that up. Yes, Maya put in the comments, gosh, we all just want to be agreeable, LOL. That's exactly what's happening right now. And that is their female nature taking over. Because if I was on this panel, which I should have been, y'all, <laughs> I would be like, no, I don't agree with what you're saying <laughs> whatsoever. Here's why. Can you can you give me a rebuttal for this? Can you explain what you mean by this? Can you tell me what other progress we need to like push forward as women? I need 
action, an action statement. I need your mission statement. I need detailed points about what you're saying. I don't want all this like frilly, agreeable, make us feel good stuff so that you can walk away with this and say, I, I like did my job as a white ally to listen to women of color because you know that's what this group of women is going to do. They're going to walk away from this and every single time they get in an argument about feminism from this point on, they're going to say, oh, I sat down with a group of people of color and I'm doing the work and I had a conversations with people who disagree with me. It's no more than that in a lot in a lot of ways. Go back to your prompt. So, you know, the, the prompt that anti-feminist is hindering, you know, the progress in, in the feminist movement. If you're paying a little bit of attention, you're seeing women's spaces being weapon, being used, you know, um, you know, in terms of the bathroom situations. Yeah. Yes. No, there are no. cases. There are cases of 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 young boys who identify as girls raping yeah. and 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 the feminist movement is very quiet yeah. has not done anything or said anything to even address that i've gone to rallies with with riley Gaines. i was just at a rally with riley Gaines the other day in phoenix because that's where I'm, I'm that's where i live now the the silence from the feminist movement as this is happening it's literally misogynistic of what is happening in the transgender movement towards women. Can, can, you, no, wait, wait, hold on. can you give context on who Riley Gaines yeah. is? Riley Gaines is a, 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 a swimmer, a, a college um, swimmer, NCAA swimmer, and during, um, during her competition, um, there was a, a male identifying as a woman who entered the, the competition, and he beat, um, well, actually, they were, they were side by side. They actually had tied. the same, they tied. The second. But she was told to step back, give him the trophy, let him have the photo op. And she's been on this, this um, mission to really address what's been happening in our society where we are allowing men to take over women's mm. spaces. Yeah. Is that a man and or is I, that a trans woman? Yeah, right. it's a man. I did want to clarify that because- No, um, it's important. I don't like- oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Go on. Yeah. It's just, I, I, like, genuinely, like, I don't appreciate the eye roll because you're misgendering somebody right now. If mm. they're a woman, they're a woman. If they say you're, they're a woman, you're creating an environment. Hang on, though, because Wait, I, assault of anybody yes. in any spaces is not okay. And we are creating an environment that is allowing no. and inviting that. I know. It's a trans issue. It's not a trans issue because people who are genuinely trans, that's not what's happening. Exactly. But it's exactly. opening, but like she said, it's for like, predators to come in. But it's just like we just need a proof of that, you guys. Women are being assaulted in front of people in public spaces by men. Statistically, and that's the fight we, we should. And it's not a trans issue. We cannot. Not a trans issue. We cannot be a society that is now shifting to give more, to to allow for these things to happen even more. We know that. I work with survivors. I have I have people in my group that are survivors of child sexual abuse. I don't discriminate. Predators, pedophiles. They come as priests. They come as lawyers. They come as doctors. They come as judges. What I'm saying is the environment that we are creating now in terms of this transgender movement where mm -hmm. we are allowing. We cannot open that door. We cannot open that door. We that's are any, causing any more problems. So, that's, yeah. I mean, you so can, we should everyone, have kids in church. You should not be religious then because kids are getting. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let her, let her so, so I. Oh, okay. Let's go ahead. Um, She's going to use the excuse that men already commit these acts of violence, so it is not a trans issue. I would agree that it's not technically a trans issue. It is people taking advantage of uh, these new rules and pieces of legislation, some of whom are trans, though. So let's make that very clear. Uh, you have Leah Thomas in the Riley Gaines situation, which is 
what seemingly is a very valid uh, complaint of Leah Thomas experiencing autogynephilia. For those of you who don't know what it is, like to dress up as a woman, uh, enter women's spaces, stuff like that. Uh, Leah's exposed himself uh, to women in a female locker room. We spa here in L.A. A man went in, says I identify as a woman, exposed himself to uh, adult and children pleasant uh, who are present at the spa. You had uh, a YMCA, and I forget which state this happened in. Man identifies as a woman, goes into the woman's locker room, exposes himself. That person was actually arrested in the wake of what happened there. There was another one, I think, in a Denny's bathroom where a little, I think, 10-year-old girl was actually assaulted by a man who identifies as a woman, wanted to go to a female prison. Loudoun County, a young girl was going to school. She was in the school bathroom, assaulted by a boy who identifies as a woman, went into the bathroom and raped that young girl. I could list off example after example after example of this happening. One is too many. If it's based off of policies that are allowing horrible people to take advantage of young women, girls, women in general. So to try to rebut this as if it is not a genuine problem that we should be combating and talking about and trying to solve is just ridiculous. And you cannot claim to care about women while invalidating the experience of actual SA victims in the rhetoric that you're using. And it's just ridiculous to me to see this sort of energy in response to somebody who truly is, from a feminist perspective, attempting to advocate for victims. And it's happening all over the place now. I read a story this morning that said, a uh, woman is now charged uh, and arrested for murder. And it was a woman, not really, a trans woman, so AKA a biological man, who had filmed himself torturing a cat, putting it in a blender, and then went on to murder a man. And the news is reporting this as if it was a female who committed the crime. So now, all of a sudden, you're going to see this uptick of women committing acts of sexual assault, of rape, and murder, when in reality, it's not women doing it, it's biological men. So from a feminist perspective, wouldn't you want men to be held accountable for their violent crimes? You're the ones who are saying that men are more aggressive, that they're the ones committing sexual assault. They're the ones committing acts of rape, but you're willing to throw the trans ones and just swipe them under the rug because they say that they're a woman. So you're in fact harming women and then blaming women in the process by identifying as one of us. And that's somehow feminist from her perspective. I, I, I want to, because I, I do, I do not want to invalidate. If, if it happens to one person, one person is enough. The media is skewing the transgender movement in the sense that they are making them out to be predators when th overwhelmingly they're not. No. You're allowed to say these things and openly disrespect people. And you're not doing that. I don't yeah, think yeah, you're doing that. Yeah, this is not about no. disrespect. But I, this, for me, it's about safety. It's about safety, especially for children, because that's who I advocate for the most. Mm -hmm. When you are create, when, when we have shifted into a society that is um, giving this crack and this opening mm -hmm. where you have nefarious people, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about genuine transgender course, people. Yeah, about trans. It's I'm about talking about the predators who are advantage. using I'm under the umbrella of the transgender, you know, umbrella to come in. They're normalizing that. They're, and, and, and the law is not catching up with any of this. In one particular case in Virginia, in Loudoun County, you know, that, has, that, that young boy who identifies as a girl raped twice. Yeah. He got moved from one school district, he raped a young girl, and then they moved him to another. He didn't get punished. But do you anything. think that it's because he's transgender or is it because he's, he's 
got some sort some deeper I don't, issue. I don't and know. The thing is, yeah, is that's the thing when like, you allow people to just identify, you don't know if he's genuinely trans or is he using that's, that that's to identify to get to his victims. I just have a question. Can you be pro woman and not include trans women, or is that not possible? I don't, I don't no, know. No, yes. no, not at all. <laughs> I don't believe a trans. It, it's crazy. This is nuts, guys. This is actually nuts to actually be able to list out real life female victims of crimes at the hands of biological men and have that be discarded and then to be told that you are not pro-woman because you are mentioning these crimes and saying something needs to be done about them. If that does not astound you and show you how flawed and fallible this logic is on behalf of the, the white feminists in this camp, I do not know what is. To tell a feminist, here are actual victims of sexual assault and rape and have that thrown out and be told that you are not pro-women is insane. Trans woman is a woman. I will, I will respect, I will respect calling you a sh she or whatever you, you, how you identify. I will do that, but I don't believe you're, you're not a woman. Not a woman. If Biologically. You, if I say that I'm black, I'm not black. You know, if- Race if, is different than gender. If Just my, so if know, my nephew like says a he's thing. a girl, he's not a girl, mm -hmm. he's a boy. So giving rights to uh, a man who says that he's a woman, that's not fair. I think just how you would protect children from predators in schools. You have to do a check on We're the people not. who are doing, but then that's the problem for the school board. That's not on us. What if the or, or is feminism? doing the checking in the schools? Okay, that's but, what then, but, then, but then again, this is, you're again throwing problems that this is a problem for society. It's not a problem for us to solve. This is a, we have to have so people who are- it's a problem for society right. and not a problem to be litigated against trans people. This is that's not a my problem point. against trans people. But We're it does not, litigate okay, against so trans You're talking about making it, it's not a problem against trans people that we're making it. We're saying that this opens doors. It's just a, it's a slippery slope. It's going to be. But that slippery slope opens doors for non-trans people to be abused. That's my what point. You, what, what's you're, opening, you're talking about people that are hired to do a job that are taking advantage of their job and molesting children. Yes. That's not the same thing as giving access to a bathroom and then doing that. You're That's giving the them thing. access to the lockers. You're giving them yes, access to the you're, children. You're, you're people who are hiring saying. the predators. You're hiring predators. That's different than people having access to random bathrooms. So the people who are actually hiring predators. You gave them an interview. You let them into the school spaces. How are you supposed to know? How are you supposed Plenty. to know? The what do you mean, how are we supposed to know? So so we have no but way to know who are predators no, at all. No, no we, we don't. Okay. Not really. Okay. Like okay, so then right there's nothing the that can be done then. So then you're telling me there's nothing that can be done. If we don't know we what... Can fight for they're saying because there are other people that abuse children and those people fall through the cracks because we don't have enough like safeguards to be able to identify these people or maybe they haven't committed a crime yet. We should allow whoever wants to go into whatever bathroom to just do that because crimes are already happening. So so let's invite uh, an environment for more crimes to occur because crimes already happen and we don't cash them. So let's create more. Let's let's make it more of an issue. <laughs> let's make it more complicated, more complex. Let's fuel a, a new cycle of victimization of other people because crimes already happen and we don't catch people who commit those crimes. <laughs> Retro logic. And I just have to add, she said, this point of emphasis for her was it's not an issue that should be litigated against trans people. And I think maybe there's truth to that, but uh, it is an issue that needs to be litigated against trans ideology because it's trans ideology that necessitates that you give anyone who identifies as a woman access to women's spaces, to girls' bathrooms, to girls' locker rooms. So we have to determine whether this claim 
about trans women is so true that it is worth putting a large blinking sign over women's locker rooms and women's bathrooms that says to a predator, all you have to do is identify as a woman to gain access to this space, this Mm -hmm. private space. Like think about when people want to, you know, are in a public place and they want to do something wrong. They want to do drugs. They want to have a quickie. Where do they go? Into a private space. So you're taking a place that is inherently somewhere vulnerable, somewhere aloof, somewhere off the beaten path. And you're saying, hey, predators, if you want access to where your target will be, all you have to do is identify this. It's creating that access, it's creating that loophole uh, justified because this ideology is so true. We have to come to a place where we can contend with that reality in good faith and give an honest answer to that question. But unfortunately for them, for these trans ideologues, they are so blinded by this insistence on the, their belief that they are willing to suffer the uh, the abuse of people, uh, of young girls in locker rooms and such, uh, just because their belief in the ideology is stronger than their desire to prevent harm to women in those arenas. A hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. There's a ton of gray area when it comes to this issue. I look at somebody like a Blair White or a Nikita Dragon or a Buck Angel and you look at them and you go, well, I'm not going to expect Buck Angel to walk into a female bathroom. He's going to get crazy looks walking in there because what he looks like. Look at Blair White. Look at Nikita Dragon. Very feminine looking trans people. Are they going to be expected to go into a male bathroom because that is their their the gender that they were assigned at birth, if that's what we're going to say these days. I don't know. There's tons of gray area. But to say the floodgates should simply be open and everybody should be able to go wherever they self-identify is to me a very much a missed mark that is going to lead to a lot more victims and already has. We don't know, then there's nothing that can be done. There's no ways to if there's no ways to go through and try to fish out who's a predator, no questions that can be asked, no ways to look at somebody, observe somebody's behavior to know, then there's nothing that we can do. Then kids will forever get molested, is that what you're saying? No, what we do what are you saying? There's no way we can identify a predator, a rapist, just by looking at them. What you have to do is teach children how to tell you when it happens. That's it. I agree. That's the only thing that we can do. I can think of so many spaces. So The only thing that you can do is teach children to approach you after they've been assaulted? <laughs> no, it is not. Like, what? Oh, my. I don't even need to tell you guys why that's incorrect. I don't even need to tell you guys why that's incorrect. There are so many safeguards and rails we can put up to keep children from being in the position of being assaulted. Of course, that doesn't mean we're gonna save every single child from experiencing that sort of trauma, but the only thing you can do is teach children to come to you when it happens wild. Why would I all of a sudden need a man to go dress up as a woman to get in the bathroom to assault me when they can do it on the dance floor? They can do it in my second grade classroom, (sighs) my classroom, and that happened in second grade. So I don't want to hear trans people, trans faces, now people are assaulting. Men can assault women anywhere. So I don't want to hear the trans argument. I don't think the trans argument is productive, especially as you who works with victims, you know victims can be victims. Can and do are two very different words. Um, Just keep that in mind. Can is very different than do. She can say men do assault women in a whole ton of different spaces. Can uh, insinuates that they are allowed to or that it is somehow encouraged and that it's not that's not the case. Anywhere. So when I'm saying it's a trans to, bathroom issue, is so When ignorant. I listen to testimonies from young girls who are in sports who are terrified of going into the locker room because they've allowed 
men who are now identifying as women who are still men to be changing in the locker rooms with them, that is, we, we have fallen as a society that we are sitting idly by and letting young girls feel completely unsafe yeah. in these environments that used to be safe, I never that felt used safe to be fine. Any environment as a woman. So That's what are we why. talking about? Oh my gosh, I've never felt safe in any environment as a woman. As I sit in an environment where I feel totally safe sitting here having this conversation with other women, this victimology, I, me, 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 life is the worst, everything's horrible for me, is exactly what leads to this sort of person, agenda, idea. And for her to say that it has nothing to do with trans legislation or trans ideas is just simply ridiculous. I'll give you an example. There's a prison in New Jersey that uh, decided to allow trans inmates to transfer over to female facilities. What happened within months of that uh, occurring? Two, two female inmates pregnant. How exactly does that happen? ever in a female facility. It happens when a male is present. Now that male could be maybe a prison guard or a warden or something like that, but no, this was a male inmate who was transferred over to the female prison. Would that have ever happened without trans ideology and trans legislation? The answer is no it would have never happened. So for her to say that it has nothing to do with trans ideology or trans legislation, it's just, there's such a clear bias present. There's such a clear lack of vision when it comes to what is reality. And you should be able to acknowledge that reality and still say, I acknowledge that that's true, but I still think there should be protections for trans people. You can operate in good faith if you acknowledge what is actually true, but she refuses to acknowledge what is actually true, even to defend her own ideology. And that is a very big problem. About here. Else. For the people who did feel safe and before. Now it's opening, yeah. and now it's opening, it's a new opening door. up a new door. Okay, okay. let's move on to the next prompt. <laughs> All right. Okay, should we do the last prompt? Uh, there's five minutes left. Maybe we'll, I guess we'll do it because I'll, I'll see how this ends. I feel targeted by some feminists. <laughs> The, the prompt. A lot of feminists don't like me. I guess I'd walk forward for that. I don't know that I feel like targeted, like it's some target on my back or something like that. But was um, you know, or do you feel targeted by feminists, right? And I mean, I think that could be misconstrued to, to sound like being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> and so for a second, I was like, I don't, I don't feel. But it does feel very, um, very rigid, you know. Um, especially towards more traditional women. Because, no, absolutely. You know, right? Yeah. It makes like, us feel like we're not yeah. involved for some reason. Absolutely. Like, I'm always a target. Like, I'm mm -hmm. oppressed. I don't have rights. But, like I said, like, I don't need to be, I don't need to be feminist to, you know, know my rights. I have my rights. And my rights, I do have the right to work. I have the right not to work. Mm -hmm. And, like, just to make it clear, like, for example, like, I've been working ever since high school and I've been supporting myself. I provide for my own, my, I buy my own clothes, I bought my own car, I pay for my own travels, I pay for my own luxuries. Everything is self-earned. I've done that for myself. So when people look at me and feminists look at me, they, like I said, they, I feel targeted because they don't understand me. I disagree with many movements, many movements that I've been attacked by my own community. Like I said, I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't agree with BLM. Oh, well then that means you just must not care. You don't care about the black people getting shot. And I'm like, what is that? Of course, a black person getting shot by a cop unarmed is disgusting and it's a problem. By saying, I don't think that the way that they did the movement and the way that the movement was going it did, did much change. It, it literally, it did more harm. Mm -hmm. There are women who don't agree and there are women who do agree, but women who, who do agree 
are the majority, so we have to go from the majority. Actually, but, most Americans believe that abortion should be legal. Yeah, okay, well. Like most. Okay, yeah. That, that supports yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like, not just women, no, no, most no, yeah, Americans. Of course, of just course. So, okay. But on the flip side, I think the feminists have lost the power that we had as women because we're so built on making our voices heard. My feminist journey. Feminist um, origin story. My, my origin story <laughs> came, from, came from my husband, which is very ironic if you think about it, but not really. He was raised by, you know, very strong-minded women, and uh, they just told him, they're like, you don't be an ass, so you treat women with respect. You know, as a man, he um, really challenged a lot of my beliefs that I had in terms of um, these things that I was raised to believe in, that women only have one place, and that's in the home, being a child bearer, and that is, um, you know, listening and not speaking, that a woman is below a man. He challenged all those beliefs because he was raised by a very strong-willed woman. And so it's funny to say that my feminist origin story was from my male husband, but um, I think it has been really eye-opening to see um, a perspective from someone that's not my own gender. A couple years ago, I used to be a hard... Fair enough. I do think it's a just a negative depiction of what actually is of like women need to be silent they have one place they can't speak up they are they're not they're less than or feminist like i was like i'm a feminist the die hard women's rights women rule that's mm -hmm. that, like that's how i used to be until i realized you know what they're not fighting for okay, feminism is trying to switch the roles and in islam we're already given our roles and i have my masculine you know energy or whatever being able to provide for myself and being able to do that for myself is because i'm given that right to do so feminism movement is harming a lot of men in my society and my religion because they feel like they have to abide by these rules otherwise they're not gonna be shown respect or like feminists be like oh men or you guys are gross or what are you doing or you guys are oppressing women i haven't felt like necessarily very targeted because I've always identified as a feminist, even if like in high school, I probably really didn't know what I was talking about. When I did take my first women, gender, sexuality class, like that was really like the catalyst in my feminist journey. But at the same time, I was like, wait, so am I doing something wrong here? Like sometimes I wanna cook for my boyfriend, maybe not because I'm a woman, maybe it is because I've been socialized to do these sorts of things but also sometimes I genuinely enjoy it. Very telling that college was the catalyst for And that. sometimes I genuinely enjoy having shaven armpits and like, but I can still do that and be a feminist and have all those core values. And I still believe that me shaving my armpits is a result of the patriarchy. And in, a, in an ideal world, I think that I wouldn't. No. I'm just no. not. And, but, but I think it's okay. No. I, sure. Just be more comfortable. It doesn't have and to be because of a man. See, no. that's what I mean. Everything is the patriarchy. No matter if, yeah. I, if I wear blue it shoes is. today, it's because of the patriarchy. No, but heels. That's the reason why. The, the expectation the, that the you're I, in heels. The idea of the that's hilarious. She goes, everything is like a symptom of the patriarchy. You guys literally think everything's a symptom of the patriarchy. I wear blue shoes and you guys think it's because of patriarchy. And she goes, actually, it's the heels. <laughs> You're just validating exactly what she just said, that every single thing that a woman chooses to do is somehow some symptom derived from the patriarchy. Ugh. The patriarchy. There's no man Historically, here. So you're going to make like attractive. I wasn't coming it's, here to be attractive no, 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 to any it's man. About, 40 years it's about ago, though. who started it and why and how it was propagated Okay, a lot through. of things can start for whatever, but if I today, yeah. this day, I want to wear this it's not because of patriarchy. No, no, that's not what we're saying. The idea is that's not what we're saying. It's kind of something like, well, I'm because of patriarchy. You could just want to shave your arms. It's like, it's it no history. I was shaving my arms well, because of men. What I'm saying is more comfortable. I don't like hair on my body. No, but we're not saying that you Wait, wait, hold on. Let's go ahead. What I'm saying is that 
young boys, young males, are not taught to shave their armpits. And I barely see like grown males shaving their armpits because it's more comfortable. If you wanna do that, that's totally fine. Like I do that. It is more comfortable for me because I grew up that learning that that's what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes it's more beneficial. It can be more beneficial, yeah. but it it's is important to recognize. Yeah, it's to your benefit. If it's taught by the patriarch, it's to your, I mean. I don't, I, just, I think that's where we disagree. In your words, in your words, taught by the patriarchy, but it's a, something that's beneficial to you, you know? But is it, no. it is, but it is, but I believe that if the patriarchy didn't exist and I was I never socialized to do that, then I would never have done it. Yeah, I just want to say that when it comes to this conversation, I think it was really great because I think that everyone did a great job of showing the differences we have. And I hope that when we come to this middle ground that all we want is equal equality with women. Yeah. We're all for women. So it's women. just like some sometimes we get caught up in like the little in How? minutia aspect mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Like we all are pro-humanity. Yeah. 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 Pro-humanity. If you guys want to shake hands and embrace, please yeah. do so now. Yeah. Okay, we finished it up. Uh, <laughs> we got through that two hours later, guys. Woo! Oh, I don't know if I could have handled being there. I don't. I don't know how I would have. <laughs> how well, exactly I, I would have. I hope been. that the conversation would have taken a little bit different of an arc. I mean, I'm sure it still would have been a cluster, but yeah, um, I would have been way more pointed. I think I just would have been like hammering in on certain things just to get down to the bottom of stuff and like give me definitions. Tell me what you're actually yeah, fighting especially for. Especially the start. Not, yeah. not saying what feminism is yes. was, was tough. But now, guys, we're going to get into your super chats. We want to hear from you on this subject. We are. Thank you for going on that journey all the way from <laughs> non-definitions to uh, yeah. unshaved armpits. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dalton is our first super chatter today. He says, finally made alive. Thank you, Amala and awesome. Taylor, for being with me while I'm scrubbing toilets. P.S. Hey. My burning question is what toppings do you get on pizza? I'm so basic. I just like like pepperoni and basil and a whole bunch of red chili flakes. That's mm -hmm. simple as that for me. I tend to like like the barbecue chicken pizza. Okay. Um, I would get meat lovers more often, but I'm always ordering pizza with my wife. And so we end up getting something <laughs> more like, I don't know, goat cheese, normal. And basil and, you know, that kind of stuff. Ah, so. Sophisticated. Uh, but we both love barbecue chicken, so that's a common one. Nice. Um, House of Has says, um, I'm just waiting to figure out who will bring up that Gloria Steinem was in the CIA. Also, all women's movements wow. want privilege and not responsibility. Yeah, I don't know. It's just to some extent, they do want responsibility. They're saying, I want to go into the workforce. I want to be able to buy my own house. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm just like, OK, I, if that's what you, that what you want, um, we're, we're all doing it to some extent. I'm in the workforce. I'm making my own money. And but I don't know that it's the life I would have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> had, had I had uh, other options, but here we are. Uh, Kwasakule Mefeka says, hey, guys, uh, Amala, I got a compliment on how much beautiful you are inside out. Uh, the way you stay nuanced and not polarized. Love you guys. Have a nice Aww, day. Oh, thank you. That was so nice. I really appreciate that. <laughs> that was very sweet. Uh, Hannah D says it was so hard to watch the white women not voice their opinions because they're there to quote unquote listen. Wish you were on this one, Amla. Yeah, you could. I would have been like, no, you guys are actually here to talk. You can't. You can't just listen. Well, mind you, they didn't just listen. They just said that. So it's interesting that they can kind of get away with both, saying that they're just here to listen and be allies, while absolutely not doing that at the same time. So very interesting chord to strike. 
with that. It's just a weird dynamic. Again, you introduce the dynamic of race and it automatically makes things weird. Indeed. Just put me in the matrix already says, hey, hey there, gang. I'm from a small town in Minnesota, too. And we don't claim that that redheaded 304 grace because she crazy. Oh She's going to be single forever. Yeah. Just saying. We'll see. Well, she said she doesn't want to have a husband and she doesn't want to get married. So I don't know if she's gay or what's going on or so maybe maybe you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, dude says hearing these race and gender hustlers desperately trying to find oppression is like a hypochondriac trying to find a physical ailment. Pathetic. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just how are you not tired? It's it's a lot of mental gymnastics to view yourself as a victim in a world where you're doing better than you ever could have possibly be doing. So it's got to be a lot of mental burden on them, I would imagine. Jesse Smollett syndrome. <laughs> Merlin the goat says, I just wanted to say hi. Uh, sadly, it's time for me to sleep now. I'll watch your calm breakdown tomorrow. Oh. They really helped me understand this world. I work in radiology and co- coroner, as you tend to ask. Wow. Oh, wow. Very interesting. And wow, that's a cool job. I don't know that mm-hmm. I could do that job, but that is very, very cool. And I hope you have a good sleep. And hello when you see this tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin Button Art says it's interesting. It's interesting that they think the only way to be empathetic is to have the same background. I feel like it's just human decency to show empathy. Right. I mean, it's it's good, and you can go a little bit too far with empathy, but also it's good to exercise it and try to put yourself in other people's shoes, regardless. And this belief that you somehow would have a lack of understanding because you're a different color than somebody is wrong. Uh, just put me in the matrix. Have you guys seen that video from the Oma Lay concert? He invited this girl up on the stage. She was with her boyfriend I and did. she started giving him a lap dance. Dishonor. I did see that video. Uh, what? That was absolutely insane. They. It seems like they did break up, but they were only together for like a year or something like that. So... A year's uh, a long time. A year's a long time. A little under a year, I think, is what he said. And uh, <laughs> the man dodged a bullet. I think that's a good test for your relationship. You should uh, <laughs> try to have that test. I've been seeing a lot of that, like couples getting asked, if you had a celebrity hall pass, would you use it? And one where the guy said, no, I wouldn't use that. I'm looking for a wife. And then the girl goes, yeah, I'd use it on this ball player and this ball player and this ball player. Gone. Out of there. Actually for the streets, as Alex would say. Um, But yeah, no, that girl did him wrong at that Omele (laughs) concert. Uh, very, uh, very wrong. We need to get you a physical red flag that you can just wave whenever. Because I feel like that comes up so often. Uh, Sarah Fraser says, hey, y'all, please pray for the family of Lake and Riley. She was an alum from my high school and a UGA Mm. student who was killed last week by an illegal immigrant. Yes, that is very sad. We've been looking into that story. We're we're covering it tomorrow for the show. So keep an eye out for that. We will be talking about uh, Lake and Riley and my sincerest condolences for her family and friends and everybody who's involved with this situation. Such a horrifying story and 22 years old, younger than me. That's so, so sad. Um, House of Has says women have the patriarchy conspiracy theory while men are debating if Taylor Swift and aliens are a government psyop. Feminists believe all the lies <laughs> about men. Yeah, it's tough. There's a lot. There's just uh, so much going on in a clown world, which is why I think it's helpful to sometimes just get off the internet and go out in the real world. When you go out into the real world, men and women largely are not having these like 
back and forth. Of course, you'll run into your feminists or your red pillars or whatever, but for the most part, it's just people talking about stuff that has nothing to do with any of this. So it's good to detox a bit. Touch grass, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more from Alex. Hey, let's go. Big W's for the anti-fems for Miss Cambodia. Spit in the facts that natural feminine fire. Uh, women get your notepads and take them notes. <laughs> yeah, she did hold it down. She had some very, very good points. She did a great job. Alexandra Isabella says, Hi, guys. Uh, my best friend and I have been in the process of setting up a TPUSA chapter at Portland State University. L- wish us luck. Hey, good luck. Hope that all pans out for you. I wonder how that's going to be uh, received from the student body. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the one where Peter Bogosian was his I teacher and he had to step so. down over? I think so. The, he left. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just left. Yeah, yeah I think he sounds left. Sounds like a hostile environment. Good That'll luck. be fun. A uh, comparative historian says, in a matriarchal society, it's always the man at fault. In a patriarchal society, it's always the woman's fault. Mm, it's tough. I think it, it might be a bit of a simplification, uh, but I, I could see maybe where, where you're coming from. We do like to place a lot of blame. It's a, it's a shared responsibility. We all have our burden to bear when it comes to the problems we're uh, experiencing as a society. Yeah, so arguably, if it's a patriarchal society and men hold power, then you'd hold men to the blame. Yeah. But like Gamla says, I think it's even more nuanced than that. I think bad people who do things that are to the detriment of people uh, and violate first principles and rights, they're at fault. Yeah. And whether they're man or woman. So, um, but an interesting point. Trick and Pork Adobo says, amazingly aggressive that the panel doesn't have a trans woman considering it's Jubilee, just like Avatar doesn't have black people considering it's Netflix. Yeah, I was uh, I was shocked that they didn't have uh, some sort of non-binary identifying individual or trans person or something like that. But hey, that would have been interesting. That would have definitely set things on on edge. Uh Bernie says, as 57-year-old woman, I respect men. They get up and get on with things as we stayed home, go out for coffee, meet up with friends as men are working. Yeah, and just if that's the life that you get to lead, I think that's awesome. If that's what you want, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think that's co- uh, cool. I hope that's how my my life is down the line. I just get to, you know, hang with my kids, take care of them, do the things I want to do during the day. And, Yeah. SKH writer says uh, historical gender roles were simple. Uh, the Lord fought to protect the castle. The lady stayed behind. So the castle survived. It was a partnership. Yeah. Lots of, you know, work on, on either end and different responsibilities and things that you had to be held accountable to. Uh, Sandy G says the thing that red pillars and feminists have in common is that they value traditional masculine roles over traditionally feminine roles. I guess I think so. Maybe yeah, because the they want to take them on. on the yes, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That checks out. Actually, you made us made us think for a second. Yes, you that's, did. It's good. It means <laughs> it's a good uh, good observation. Uh, Caitlin Button Arts again says, uh, "I work in finance, and there's a trend of women who complete study, get a higher paying job than their husband, who supported them, and leave." 
Uh, I'm sure there's other factors, but seems to be increasing. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough dynamic to introduce to, uh, I'm sure, many a relationship. I think there are a lot of men who are fine with their women out earning them, a lot of men who aren't and feel challenged and emasculated by that. And then women who feel like, I'm outperforming my husband, I can do better, and I can find a better man. And then they end up leaving their relationships. We've talked about that many times in this show and had actual examples of women saying exactly that. So tough dynamic to introduce, but we'll see. Uh Celtic Blacksmith says, Amala's got that mom energy already locked down. He he, Mamala. <laughs> I do have a little bit of mom energy. Y'all know my, my ultimate goal in life is to be a mom. So maybe I do carry a little bit of mom energy before my time has come. Uh, just put me in the matrix. Uh, there's no quicker way to get guys to avoid marriage than listening to these 304 feminists. Uh, was listening to Fresh and Fit and they pulled up the Delulu calc. For the first time ever, a woman scored a 0% that her dream man existed. Oh, wow. I'm not familiar with the Delulu calc. But I imagine I that's like, like you, insinuate what it is. you give them your standards and they tell you how many men exist with those standards, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would oh, be surprised. Sense. There's got to be a lot of women who need to reevaluate their standards. Men, too. Mm, likely. Uh, Jessica says, I went to see the 1975 in Birmingham in the UK last week, and oh they played gosh. your video on the screens on stage. Yes. There's a clip of you. I don't know if you knew it. Yes, I did know that. This was the most insane thing in my life. So I had a friend who also loved the 1975 who sent me a video and said, Amala, you're in this. And I opened it up, and during their show, the 1975 played part of my video where I'm talking about Maddie Healy in the 1975 and all the different drama that was coming up and the cancellation, and that was awesome. It made my my entire life. Y'all know I've loved the 1975 uh, since I don't even know when. Uh, and yeah, that was very cool to be featured in their concert. And just a little nod, it, it seemed of like, okay, supporting each other a little bit. Liked it. It's awesome. Uh, just put me in the matrix. Women don't be a Sheng new like these feminists, a Chinese term for when you're female, over 30, and unmarried. Not like the Jubilee we wanted, but we need it. Yeah, well, you know, if, if life takes you in that direction and you haven't found the person yet by the time you're, you're 30, I think that's totally fine. And you should hold out and wait for a person worthy and like the good match. It's different if you are doing so because you have this inherently negative view towards toward men. And that is uh, something that needs to be worked on, probably. <laughs> Uh, House of Hass says, uh, then don't then don't say it is a perfect way to put it. They don't even have integrity on how they speak. How can society trust their leadership? Right. You just got to think we all do it. We all we all say things that we don't necessarily mean or are maybe hyperbolic or an exaggeration. But it's it's best you don't <laughs> it's best you don't do that. Uh, the engaged few says if hating rapists is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to be charitable and say that that's not exactly what they think, and they're letting their ideology cloud their judgment a bit, uh, and I, I'd hope that that is actually the case. It's just unfortunate to hear some of the things that were said in this video. Uh, this one's interesting. Okay, um, I'm scared. <laughs> maybe you should be. Doom guy says, uh, as a mixed conservative male myself, uh, who do you date more often, white men or black men? Just asking to see no offense. Uh, I haven't dated that many people. Uh, 
So all and different Greek, Hispanic, and my boyfriend currently is white. So uh, there you go. That's there you go. Your, your, that's answer. your answer. But I'm with my uh, ride or die. So that's it for me. That's it for me, folks. Not at all. Lauren Grubb says Blair White said on her podcast that she didn't enter a women's restroom until she was fully transitioned. She adamantly mm-hmm. is against allowing men who suddenly identify as women to enter women's restrooms. Yeah, I mean, it's all, there's so many, it's a very nuanced conversation. There's so many different factors at hand. What do you look like? Who's going to be concerned by your present? by your presence. Have you crossed a line now where if you are a biological man, it no longer makes sense to go to a male bathroom? Uh, Could you prioritize unisex bathrooms and not even having to deal with the issue in the first place? These are all things that we're going to have to figure, figure out. Uh, One more from put me in the matrix. I don't know if you guys saw the rest of the video, but that guy was walking out of the concert because people were pointing and laughing at him. What an effing disgrace. The Omelette concert. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, be. poor guy. He had a rough night that night, but a save nonetheless. He was saved by that occurrence. It just sucks that it ha- happened in the age of the internet where everybody films everything and posts it for their uh, own enjoyment. Dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. We, I've been watching Love is Blind with my wife Me too. the last couple of days. And <laughs> there's some people get into some situations where they're shamed on national TV or experience something Dude. that is bad for them at the time. But when you zoom out, they dodge the bullet as well. Exactly. So. Love People is Blind know. has been a mess this season. If y'all are watching, it's been a mess. Every single couple has something going on that is just not, <laughs> that is just not working out. This is true. Uh, Jason Sandoval says, yo, finally made one of the lives. Just wanted to say love you both and y'all are my comfort YouTubers. I'm 20 year old and I learned so much from you both. Aw, awesome. I love that comfort YouTuber. That's awesome. <laughs> Hope you guys can come to this channel for a little bit of comfort from yeah. time to time. We're here for truth is comforting, right? Sanity is comforting yes. in an insane yes. world. And that's our uh, last super chat we read for today. Oh, well, that's nice. I love that I am your comfort channel, that we're your comfort people. Guys, thank you so much for watching and sticking around for what ended up being a very long stream full of lots of information and dialogue. Thank you for participating in that dialogue. As always, if you disagree with anything I said during this stream, leave it in the comments down below. Duke it out, but do so respectfully. And if you like this video, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern plus we post videos for you guys every day tomorrow's video is about Lakin Riley a very unfortunate and tragic story covering that getting into the different dynamics and how we've really brought this uh, on ourselves as a nation unfortunately so keep an eye out for that and with that guys I hope this has been a fruitful discussion for you and I will see you tomorrow bye guys <laughs>